I refuse to click on an article about that boat. I'm just taking what I can from the internet and other people's reactions and jokes and what have you. Didn't that happen like I three days do the ago? Same thing. I feel like the internet's been dining on it for a couple of days. Yeah. I don't know what's what's happening to our brains being extremely online all the time. I don't think it's good though. Mm. No. Pretty sure they've done studies on it. It's it's not great. Oh, hello, kitty. Sorry. <laughs> I hope the mic picked that up. Hello and welcome to Head Cannon. I'm James. And I'm Marco. Hi. And we have a special guest with us today. She's back. It's Kayla. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. We uh, had you on a while back. I think it was last November, December, to talk about Empire Records. And uh, this is a very fitting kind of sister podcast to it. It's only a few years later, although it feels so much later, like, you know, society-wise. Talking about uh, Can't Hardly Wait Today, a movie that came out like the weekend that I graduated high school. So I'm right in the wheelhouse for it. That's awesome. Can't hardly wait to get into it. <laughs> We're going to Jennifer Love do it. Mm. <laughs> Did you have that one written down or? No, I just, I forgot that she was going to do that one. So I was just like, eh. <laughs> I said it wasn't going to, but. You were. I don't know. When in doubt, go with a pun. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to that uh, nostalgia flashback, what are we watching lately? Uh, what about you, Kayla? What have you been watching? So kind of been bouncing around. Um, well, today we just started the season two of Solar Opposites. Um, only one episode in, but pretty good so far. If you like Rick and Morty, it's um, one of the creators of that. Probably probably dig it. Um, also been rewatching. The IT crowd, because I never actually finished the fourth season, and I just started watching The OC again for the first time since mm. it came out. So that's one I never finished either, and um, I don't know, I guess I've just really enjoyed living in nostalgia of the 90s, and then a few years later in the early aughts. It's, um, it's kind of wild, too, watching it now as opposed to when it first came out. I'm, I'm 31 now. I was 13 when it first started, and it's, boy, it's a lot different. <laughs> Than, than I thought it was. So that's been fun. What about you guys? I was say, it's kind of interesting that some of those shows, it's like a relationship you had. Like, like I officially broke up with the OC before Marissa died, but then like we Same. briefly hooked up again in the premiere after she was dead. Cause I was like, Oh shit, they killed Marissa. Awesome. Or whatever. And I was so bananas. And then like, I turned it on in that episode, like Ryan's in like a fight club. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can stick with this. That's how he like processed his like grief. Was he joined the fight club? Yeah, I don't think I even made it to the end of season three in that show. Like maybe not past like mid season, season three. I bailed earlier than you did, Marco. Yeah. Yeah. I think I bailed season two, I want to say. Because it was definitely before Marissa died. Um I can't remember. It's been it's been so long <laughs> ago. The first season just, is such a journey. It's so long. Yeah. Because it started. Yeah. During the middle of the summer, mm-hmm. it went you know through like a normal TV season, and it fucking feels that way. Um, but I just remember like there was like this recurring parade of like you know you had Ryan and Marissa, and you had like this like parade of 
other assholes who kept warming their way into this love triangle. And they, they, they was never like, oh, this is a real Team Ryan, Team whoever. These dudes all were like villainous suckbags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm almost Ultimately at the end of the. Yeah, I'm uh, almost at the end of the Oliver Trask saga. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking, fucking guy, Oliver. I want to <laughs> like, say this may be the first time I actually hated a TV character. The first time? Well, it's all it's all a jumble. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was it was passionate. My dislike for that dude. I think everybody just loved to hate him. He's he's just so easily hateable. I think there's actually. Um, Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark are doing a podcast for the OC now. I saw. Nice. I saw that mm-hmm. comes OC out. Girls. I think April twenty fourth. Hmm. They're supposed to have. I think I read like a hundred guests or something too. At, at the same time, or. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be busy. Um, no, like throughout the course of you know noise. <laughs> um, Sounds I like s- Zoom meetings. I'm on at work. I just remember there was like uh, they gave that Oliver guy like his own mid-season show of like young Amber Heard, which was one of those like garbage, you know, knockoff OC shows. But it was like, I'm not interested in seeing this guy as a romantic lead. I just fucking hated him on this other show. You know, like, I don't don't know. All right. What are you watching, Marco? Uh, So this is all from like last week, but uh, because I haven't really updated then. I watched the before trilogy in one week with my cat because my cat hadn't seen it. Um. So mainlining before sunrise, before sunset. I'm really going through some stuff, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I watched a newish movie called Happily, which was not good. Um, but it does f- fittingly feature Brecken Meyer, who is in two thirds of the movie and has maybe five lines. So that's me. Uh, what have I been watching? I haven't seen him in anything recently. Yeah, he was on that like um what was that weird TNT show he was on with a weird name? I can't remember it. It was like Wasn't him and show? Mark Paul Gossler or something. Yeah, him and Zach Morris were in a yeah. show. It had like some kind of like Tango and Cash esque name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so for another podcast I watch a show called Behind Her Eyes. It's a Netflix show that's um I don't know how to talk about it without spoiling it, but it's it's a pretty bonkers show and not very good, but uh an interesting swing and a miss. So uh, Bono's daughter. Bono's really? daughter's in it, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I've uh, seen previews Mr. for that. It keeps coming up. As... Um, but then uh, I've also been obviously watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, any hot takes on that from anyone here? I've been enjoying it. Yeah, it's fine. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet. Uh, got Kurt Russell's son as Captain America. The new Captain America, or yeah. U.S. Yeah. agent. It's very well, much like it's officially he's Captain America. It's basically like a slightly more fleshed out Captain America movie without Chris Evans, more or less, you know. Yeah, but yeah. a series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only going to be like six episodes though. So it's oh okay. It's, it's pretty funny because the first episode was kind of dour, and then like episode two, they were like, "Let's make this more of a buddy comedy," <laughs> like it should be, like we've been advertising it as. I just love the look on Bucky's face when he's like sitting like on the floor and it's like weird crash pad watching the news conference with the new Captain America. Just this look of like hatred and scorn and disdain. It's like, yeah, that's that's all of us watching the news for like the past four years straight. 
Uh, what are you guys yeah, listening to? to that. What do you listen to, Kayla? I've kind of been bouncing around. Um, haven't really stuck on just one thing. Um, but today I listened to a playlist that I made years ago um, on Spotify. It's a, it's a collection of songs that I like to sing for karaoke or just to, you know, have fun singing to. It's a nice um, creative release. So just been doing some of that. And I miss karaoke. So, What's one of the songs? Um, Killing Me Softly by the Fugees. There's some Amy Winehouse, um, Beatles, just kind of all over the place. There's some stuff I have on there that I would never sing karaoke, like Jane by Jefferson Starship, but it's just fun to expand my vocal range a little bit. Do you have I mean, like a... Yeah, like a we, we Built This City is like a great karaoke song. Is it? Yes. Okay. Do you have like a go-to karaoke song or do you like to mix it up and just all see something new? I, yeah, I have a couple go-tos. Royals by Lord is probably my number one. Um, Come Together by the Beatles. Um, anything by Amy Winehouse, except for Rehab. Uh, she just has better songs. Um, but those are usually the top top three. There's a Joan Jets song that the name is escaping right now and it's not on Spotify, but and it's been years since I've sang it. And, you know, to be fair, I'm usually pretty shit faced. So, but it's not the one. Hmm? Like, they're, it's not the, her only song they ever played on the radio. I love rock. No, it's not. No, it's not that. Um, oh my God, it's going to drive me nuts. I know they did a cover of it on Glee. I only know that because I was looking for it on YouTube and that was one of the ones that came up. But do you um, want to touch me? Either way, so yeah. Yes, that one. I'm so glad that's a song. I thought he was just saying that. <laughs> it was like, people are listening to this, James. Come on. That's a real can't hardly wait joke there. Yeah, it's Do been, you uh, want to touch me? <laughs> oh, I hope you guys have a lot of trivia because I have a lot of trivia. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did a, the full dive on IMDb. Mark, what are you listening to? Uh, yeah. So last week I, <laughs> I was nineties mood. Cause you know, I was watching this movie in like, mm-hmm. like 30 minute increments. I, uh, went back and, and did a dive on every song that I ever liked about by Everclear. Okay. Uh, just remind myself that the early stuff is great. The later years our Alex Aukas is doing some like real egotistical shit where it's just him. It's kind of like, I don't know, like the, the poorest man's version of Billy Corgan's. Wasn't he like 50 and his bandmates were in their 20s or something like that? But but it's like one of those things where like if you look at iTunes, it's yeah. like the last four albums. It's just him and some other dudes who look like they're AFI roadies. Yeah. Uh, one of their releases on iTunes is called Return to Santa Monica, wow. which is just half re-recordings of earlier hits, probably to screw former bandmates out of royalties and covers, including... Everclear's cover of I Will Follow You Into the Dark. Hmm. I didn't know they covered that. <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> Why would anyone? I think you mentioning all these uh, old music from the 90s is making me... Uh, I do this every few years. I like to Google how old Kurt Loder is just to like shit my pants. He's 75 <laughs> now. Oh, Fuck. Yeah. What about John Sensio? Uh, I don't know what it, I'll guess over 50. Let's see, John. How do you spell that? Sensio. Okay, John Sensio. He is. Oh, come on, Google. Not showing his age here. Let me check IMDb. 
or I'm just gonna I'm gonna because googling on a podcast is fun. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna look up Bill Bellamy while we're at it. Bill Bellamy. Yeah, maybe he doesn't list his age. Maybe he's keeping it a secret. Bill Bellamy is mm-hmm. 55. I bet he looks great. Yeah, since he was hiding his age, he looks old now though. Didn't Kennedy be go, go go like alt right? Yeah, I think she's like has like a late night Fox News show or something like that. Oh, wow. Gross. Also, the the girl who played, I think it was Anna on the OC. I think she went alt right too. I remember like really, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Samara Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always really liked her character. Not that that really translates <laughs> to the actor, but that's unfortunate. When, when you get the summer fever, you need some antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> I never uh, forget that line from the OC. Yeah, that was solid. I just watched that episode. Yeah, I know I, this isn't an OC podcast, but how great is Sandy Cohen? Yeah, what a dad. I mean, I'm still in season one, so if he gets shitty later, I don't know. He about has the it, weird but... plot line with like his like old flame, who's like a like a terrorist from the 70s or something like that. Nice, oh. like 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 Weatherman Underground. Yeah, or like Weather Underground or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I haven't gotten there yet. Well, I mean, like that was a show that like continued to perpetuate Tate Donovan on us, who we only got because of Jennifer Aniston. Oh, yeah. He dated like yeah. a, a lot of famous women, it seemed like. Did yeah. he? I, really? I, yeah, I think so. That's uh, okay. Was he just I doing mean, the, the George Costanza thing where he just shows a picture of Jennifer Aniston and was like, well, I used to date her. So it's like the guy from Counting Crows who's like dating all those starlets. Yeah. Oh, he he dated at least well, one third of Friends. He's a musician, though. Mm-hmm. Makes a bit yeah. more sense than Tate yeah. Donovan. Okay. Tate Donovan also dated Sandra Bullock, like kind of in the before she was famous years. Mm. Shit. Wow. Mm. Really? I just don't see it, but. Teach. Sorry, my I guess. my fun fact about friends and take one of them that i that i just realized is that the his or, uh, arc on friends where like he's uh joshua and she's the personal shopper and blah 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 they had just broken up nice like right before they filmed that so it's like he was dying inside of every take <laughs> oh that makes me happy no i'm just yeah. kidding i don't know if he's a bad guy or not i just i, judge I just him i really hate jimmy cooper so yeah. <laughs> Same. Oh my god, I hate Jimmy Cooper so much. Mm. Uh, as far as what I've been listening to, nothing interesting. Just more Evermore. Mm. Been busy, mm. you know, listening to podcasts, and whatnot. Uh, what are you guys reading? I have been getting into. Um, it's a book series. It's a pretty long one. It's the Riley Page Detective series. Mm. It's pretty good. It's it's a uh, girl detective. Um, Yes, she's an FBI agent. Okay, actually, or maybe it's yeah, Agent Riley Page. So, um, it's it's been out for a bit. I think the first book came out in like 2017. There's a series of books that came out, and then um, there were six prequel books that were released recently. And since I hadn't read any of them, I started with the prequels and worked my way, and now I'm in like book two of the um, original series. So it's pretty good. Um, that all started in 2017. I think so. Yeah. Wait. Um, I feel there was so a book, unprolific. A book, a sequel, and then six prequel novels. Yeah, so there's a bunch of them. It's um, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, and I think they kind of came out pretty, pretty quickly. And I have found a lot of, um, not a lot of, but 
more than usual in the spelling and grammar error errors on the books. Are these still published books? iBooks. I, I assume so. Okay. Um, because of you know how quickly they came out and um of all the little errors I found, it's like maybe they're just written really quickly. But like, there's even little stuff like um you know in, in the prequels, she's not married yet and doesn't have you know the page surname and in one of the in one of the prequels someone calls her you know Riley Page even though that's not her name yet just like little things like that but I'm still really enjoying it um and I'm learning um all kinds of stuff too it's it's pretty cool like I now know more about clowns than I ever wanted to because one of the books featured a a, you know like a clown killer (laughs) sort of thing so a clown who kills not a not a killer of clowns Mm -hmm. I'll I'll take take it either way Marco no um yeah, go ahead. It's good that you're sitting down because I just looked up this uh, the series. There are 17 books. Fuck me. <laughs> I feel completely worthless for uh, not in having even years? three books out in four years. Yeah. Okay, they're self-published. There's 17 books. I got to ask, how quickly does it get really erotic? You know, it really hasn't. Oh, gee, what's the point then? What are you, what are you reading <laughs> this for? I don't know the thrill. And I like to, I like to figure stuff out. And a lot of times I've figured out stuff ahead of time and it, it just gives me gratitude. Honestly, I like being right. And I like knowing stuff before it, you know, it tells me, so I hope. <laughs> not that it's always that easy, but, um, you know, cause they're, they're kind of shorter, like they're, you know, three, 400 pages or so. And that's on the iPhone that, you know, like when I read mm. on, on iBooks, so they could be shorter than that in the actual printed book. So, um, I feel like I kind of get through the mysteries kind of quickly and um, like the very first, um, not to give any spoilers, but I figured out the killer in the first prequel book pretty quickly. <laughs> so I don't know. Just, I'm just imagining okay. that the author like actually works for the FBI, but like he's somehow like, like in hiding from like the Trump purge of, you know, non-loyalists, he like found a position where he, nobody knows he still works there. And so he just writes books all day. <laughs> gets paid for it i'd like to believe that that would be great because there is a lot of like i feel like a lot of inside stuff about Mm -hmm. the fbi that that's in there um that you'd have to either know someone or you know really do a deep dive and do like multiple tours and talk to people that are that are in it so Mm. yeah Nice. nice what are you guys reading uh last week i read let the great world spin by colin mccann um which I found to be brutally depressing in places and excruciatingly beautiful in other places. And then I was literally reading that book when somebody was like, hey, it's St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, Because I I have no concept of time anymore. And so it felt fitting because it's a pseudo-Irish novel. Hmm. James? Uh, So working through The Master of the Rebels. haven't done a ton of reading the past week, but working my way through it, it's... uh, I wouldn't even know how to describe it. Time travel, Shakespeare, multiple realities, something like that. Word. It's fun. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I still don't oh, know I, whether I, or not that Shakespeare had a brother named Ned. I'm still up in the air on that one. Nobody tell him. Nobody tell me. <laughs> it's a kind of book where things happen throughout the book and you start to realize that they're changing time. And so certain details that didn't make sense you're like, oh, well, something got changed. Like, like I'll just spoil like the first book. They're like, in the first book, this is a sequel. In the first book, they mentioned the Quadragon several times. It's like, what the fuck is a Quadragon? And then at a certain point, when time starts changing, they start saying the Pentagon instead. 
And you're like, oh, that's what they change. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a bit of a mind fuck to think like, did I just never learn about that? Or is this something mm-hmm. new? Yeah. I think that's bananas enough that it's it's meant to get your attention, the quadragon. I mean, it's fine if you don't know about Nedwardo Shakespeare. Well, like in like in this book, there's there's whether or not uh, Shakespeare has a brother, and there's also one of the characters suddenly has a little sister whose skill set seems perfectly matched for like the story and like the like the the skills that they need to send someone back in time to Shakespeare's age, and it's like, is this just like convenient writer thing where they just wrote in this character, or did they they know that they would need an ex, an expert in Shakespeare, so the guy like convince his parents to have another kid or something like that much younger than him who would would grow up loving Shakespeare like did they manipulate the whole thing so she would exist so she could like fulfill this uh this whole you know uh story that they needed her to do hmm. anyway. interesting did you did you google quadragon like as soon as you read that word no that's exactly I, what I would have done I just thought huh that's weird do they mean the pentagon is this is this just like a weird slang thing or something you know yeah Um, all right. Well, that is our media diet. Uh, let's move on to the main event. Can't hardly wait. Who would like to go first with their opening statement? All right. I will. Uh, this movie for me is, it's just, it's so much nostalgia and just so much cringe now. Like it really takes me back to all the good and the bad things about high school life in 1998. Um, it, I was surprised it plays much broader to me now, even even at the time thinking it was like a little ridiculous now. I'm just like, this is just like a bunch of like absurd caricatures. Um, I mean, there's the usual problematic 90s stuff, um, but just lots of very big, broad jokes that I guess I just didn't notice as much at the time. Um, I don't know. I feel like we have an expectation of movies now that like the characters are like more finely drawn and specific as opposed to like the nerd stereotypes in this or that kind of thing. Uh, but still, it's a fun trip down memory lane, even though the press and story just gives me like huge douche chills now. Uh, but I don't know. It, it is starting to show its age. It, it really makes me think like when I was younger, like my favorite John Hughes movie was 16 candles and you watch that now and it's just like, yikes, you know, there's, and I, I kind of wonder like in, in 10 to 15 years, will we be, you know, reacting the same way about this movie? It's at least now it doesn't seem quite as bad as 16 candles, but there's definitely some bad stuff here. Um, but yeah, in conclusion, overall, Mike Dexter, bit of a douche, but is he really worse than Preston? I think I might say no. Mike Dexter. Yes. Astronaut believe- Mike Dexter. <laughs> I can't believe I gave my panties to a geek. <laughs> Gilad, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, I'll start this one with the same line as I did Empire Records. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> it's iconic and it's for me, it feels like sort of a rite of passage movie um, for a certain generation or a couple generations anyway. Um, I don't know about this, this newest one. They'd, you know, probably see it wasn't as, as woke and, <laughs> and, and turn it off or um, just roast it on the internet. Um, like most movies, it set, an, it set unrealistic expectations about, for um, me at least, as I wasn't in high school yet, about high school and about love. But I feel like some of those archetypes, while exaggerated, are, are kind of spot on. Like, um, reminiscing guy. There was definitely someone like that, like towards the end of senior year that was just, you know, remember this, remember that, remember it's, you know, it's, um, so it definitely had that like little things. 
here and there. Um, and just some of the characters, I love all of the actors in this. I did a pretty deep, <laughs> sorry, set my mic, pretty deep dive on them and, um, just kind of other stuff they've, they've done. Um, and it's, it's really fun seeing everybody, especially since they were little teeny babies, uh, making this movie. Um, it's filled with nineties nostalgia, especially in the fashion. I really got a kick out of that. Um, and it's always great in a way to revisit this moment in time, even though, yes, there is definitely some problematic stuff, which, and it's funny at the time, like the nineties at, at that time anyway, seems so much more progressive than, than prior decades. So if we're judging it based on that, mm -hmm, yeah. it was more progressive than say, you know, eighties teen movies, but, um, so yeah, there's, there's definitely some, some tone deaf and, and cringy stuff, but I think I was lucky enough to, I don't know about lucky enough, but I think I was lucky enough to see it, um, you know, before, um, when it was, you know, pretty, pretty newly out, um, to where, you know, that I can still really have a love for it and, and still kind of watch it despite those moments. Um, but yeah, even with that, it's all, it's one of my all-time favorites. I got lost in my notes there. Sorry, but <laughs> no it's one of my all-time favorites. Awesome. Marco. Um, yeah. Welcome back to another meeting of the Ethan Embry Appreciation Society <laughs> of three members here. Uh, has there ever been a movie before where the two leads were both gingers? It's probably something with Eric Stoltz. Uh, yeah, this movie, like you said, James, it came out three years after Empire Records. It feels like it's 10 fucking years later to me, mm -hmm. which helps this movie, I think, because of the music. Like if you had made this three years earlier, I don't know, the characters would all be listening to like the single soundtrack or something. But like we were such a weird, I don't know, horny for all previous genres of music at that point we were obsessed with the 80s again we were obsessed with the 70s we had a brit pop resurgence pop and alternative were, were fragmenting kind of nicely anyway this movie was was formative to me as far as i think i had grown up loving older movies but like i really at, at a period here i hadn't really gone to the theater to see more whatever the hell modern movies were so this was like kind of my real touch point with what was i supposedly missing out of out of high school and, and like what was movies telling me my life should be like? Cause it sure as shit wasn't going to be American pie a couple years later. Um, just like the, me, this movie is 20% 30 third eye blind riffs. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's definitely more of a teen comedy than a romantic comedy because very little of this is romantic. Uh, these two main characters have like one and a half scenes together and that relationship is doomed. Um, I almost kind of want to put this movie in the expectation side of that split screen from 500 days of summer. With 500 Days of Summer is more the reality side. But yeah, talk about a main character that I find charming, who I also... Who boy. <laughs> I feel like Denise could have really had some words of my, our boy Preston there. There's some, there's some definitely 90s warnings about some toxic male shit, some serious homophobia, those kind of F-bombs, which shocked me. I completely forgot about those. But yeah, still, all of it, I have this nostalgia. It's not the worst, you know, for all of its stuff that doesn't hold up. It's not the worst. And as the patron saint of unrequited crushes, I still appreciate it. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just, sometimes I'm an op optimistic romantic baboon and sometimes a cynical gremlin. I don't know if you guys just caught me being awesome tonight, but this movie, like you said, it's, it's a who's who of up and coming young actors that I, I love. I, I rewatched the original commentary in preparation for this. And it was like, shit, I feel like these are my friends. It was like that. I don't know that weird feeling you get when you get a little too much into like a podcast or whatever. Um, 
And you really get the sense that these actors liked each other and they liked making this movie, which I love. Anyway, as for Preston, my last note would just be in the words of Michael Scott quoting Wayne Gretzky, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So (laughs) good for you, Preston. Yeah, this movie, it's, I don't know, like like I said, I graduated the day or the weekend this uh, movie came out and it's, it takes me back just in, in like, it's like almost too close to home. I'm like, Ooh, man. Yeah. I remember that era. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I had this soundtrack. I like listened to it the whole summer. It's a great soundtrack. And even some of the songs that aren't on the soundtrack mm-hmm. are great too. Like they're, and it really takes me back to the time as well, because there are two smash mouth songs yeah. in this movie <laughs> two, And one that plays as a theme which is funny because that's not a love song at all. Like that's their love, you know, love theme song. And um pretty sure it's about drugs. Um, so. I like that they use, I'd never really noticed it because I haven't watched this in like 10 years at least, but like the Matthew Sweet song is kind of like the love theme of the movie. Like I don't remember, is there an actual score to this movie or is it just like needle drops? I'm not sure. I, I don't know. It might just be needle I- drops. I feel like they bring in instrumental versions of the Matthew Sweet song occasionally as like the love theme or they, they do the riff from the, the Yaz or Yazoo song earlier. It's, it's, I don't know. It's fascinating. Yeah. All right. Let's Uh, uh, just get into our general discussion of this movie here. Um, I don't know. Do we need to people seen this movie, right? It's, it's a last day of school party movie. Um, I, I remember when this came out, critics and people older than me were like that's just like a dumb days and confused knockoff and me being younger is just like fuck you man like this is my movie you know you can yeah. you can have your days and confused yeah well and then, i don't know I, I mean maybe you get you don't get matthew mcconaughey but you get trip mcneely yeah. trip mcfucking neely the greatest Jerry O'Connell role of all time the cast uh, in this just, is pretty incredible there's like like really minor roles with like like uh, Marisol, Marisol uh, Nichols from uh, Riverdale, Riverdale, Riverdale. Stuff, yeah. Jason yeah. Segal, like, yeah. Ooh, I have in the commentary. They have no idea who he is. Like, <laughs> they know all the actors. They're like just this guy who apparently the entire time that he's on set with that watermelon was like using his tongue to craft the most perfect vagina model he could. Yeah, he was tongue fucking that watermelon hard. <laughs> I guess in the R-rated version, like he had had, he had a relationship with that watermelon. Like there was a whole bigger story to that that got cut so to make a PG-13. Oh, not, fuck you, American Pie. That's not available, right? As far as no. I can tell. Yeah, because re- this movie was shot the, as like an R-rated movie and then they just like edited a bunch of stuff out. Release yeah. the Snyder cut of Can't Hardly mm-hmm. Wait. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a cut that we should get. Not fucking Snyder Release cut. Release the Would watermelon you- fucking cut. Would you take that cut though if it also had to feature Jared Leto? Oof. Like if like if Jordan Catalano was in the background? I guess he, I feel he could like, kind of fit in. I feel like it, you know, seeing all the stuff that's cut out would I could deal with Jared Leto, a, le- a mm. little bit of him. He's not the lead or anything. So if we just had a little cameos, Jordan Catalano, I'd be fine with that. As we live in a society, Mike Dexter. <laughs> uh got the e6 love, right at the beginning yeah yes. it's kind of fitting that that guy re-emerged on twitter in the last year oh really that's funny yeah Who did? the e6 guy oh. he's like basically like a twitter comedian now hmm. Hmm. um would you put it took me six years on your graduation cap <laughs> i don't know 
<laughs> Not exactly a humble brag, yeah. No. I mean, at that point, but... you should be just an honorary doctor. <laughs> yeah, so um, the movie's co-directed by, uh, was it uh, Deborah Elfont, I think it is? Or Deborah, Deborah uh... Kaplan and Harry Elfont. Yeah, they wrote and directed this, as well as Josie and the Pussycats. Mm-hmm. They brought us that as well. They were a little team there when for a while, yeah. Mm. Yeah, such an underrated movie, by the way. Josie and the Pussycats. It was so good. I also thought it was so weird that people are like, oh, there's too much product placement in that movie. It's like, did you not get, that's, that's like, the that's point. the joke? Yeah. <laughs> right over their heads. Um. Yeah, so yeah, we start and off the voices just, in the yeah the the I, was gonna, I think you're just gonna say yeah the voices in the um in the opening of it's just all these like random shots of you're hearing voices talking about this party and a lot of them are the directors. Yeah, I just love this movie is pre cell phone like pre widespread use of cell phones. Um, like there's literally people like they do that the cup to someone's ear to tell them that Mike and Amanda broke up. Um, I know later on she's just like. I know why I started dating Mike Dexter. I don't know why I continued dating him for so long. I'm kind of seriously wondering that relationship must have been fucking hell. I, I constant they just, drama. Just, like, just constant physical chemistry is the only thing I can imagine. I didn't feel like we really got too much into the mind of, um, I can't even think of her name, Amanda. Um, Amanda Beckett. Yeah, Amanda Beckett. Like, she kind of mostly exists for other people to kind of look at and talk about. I mean, she has a few scenes of her own where she kind of monologues, but I feel like we don't really get a lot of interiority there. It always well, and, seems purposeful. Yeah. Oh, and it's, like even in her introduction, you don't even see yeah. her face. Which they really filmed of her. I love that. They just mm-hmm. decided not to show her face. Like, I don't know. It's kind of fascinating because I feel like nowadays I don't give a shit about the, the woe is me popular kid. And I do kind of feel bad for her, even though, like you said, she is kind of a a cipher with huge hair. My God, her hair is so big. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot of teasing happening there. A lot I, of 90s teasing. I like the the little like kind of yearbook freeze frames they do on the various characters, the activities and quotes and all that. I kind of wish there were like way more of them. Yeah, I really like how they did that too. And and the whole intro I really like. Like you don't see anyone's face for a while. And just the stuff in the background, like 90s stuff that just, you know, there's the Game Boy, the chunky black sandals, the blue nail polish, the clottering. It was just oh, it was lovely to see. So should I back. start with the heavy duty trivia? This pepper in here. Sure. They filmed all this stuff of graduation two weeks before the movie came out because for some reason. The movie was supposed to start in a bookstore. Right. So they, they had to scramble to like do all it's like this is the movie. Like, I don't know why you would start this in a bookstore. That makes no fucking sense. Uh, um yeah. yeah, like uh one girl's wearing a bikini, the dude sitting next to Preston is completely naked under his gown. Like, there's some real sex freaks at this uh high school. But uh Ethan Embry, what a glow up between Empire <laughs> Records and this. Leading yeah, man he went up. from boy to man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently stone the entire time he filmed this movie. Yeah, yeah. And don't I say don't take my my number one trivia from the end. <laughs> All right, I'll say that. Just but apparently he stunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Fit, like uh, but, phys- like physical stank? No, I think he just smelled like weed. Yeah, he just smelled oh, overpowered. Oh, that's what like I meant. Like, mm-hmm. like you couldn't I mean, get near him without your eyes watering. Yeah, 
I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to that, but um, <laughs> apparently but, he had like convinced them to let him be a leading man because he hadn't been one yet. They wanted him to kind of be um, either the nerd or the weird kid, but he was like, no, let me, you know, let me audition. And they found him, I guess, like open and vulnerable. And I think that kind of started his whole leading man thing. And I do think he was a really good choice for this role. I think it's those like big um, kind of doe eyes that he has mm-hmm. that, that make it work. I think his, he has a little bit of a zany quality that helps because this character, I mean, he's still tough for me to watch uh, at times, but he, he could really turn into the more dour, kind of like sad boy, you know, emo-sogeny type stuff. So I think it definitely helps that he's playing him. There's a line yeah. specifically that he has early on in this movie, and that I would hang everything on. This is why Ethan Embry could be could have been a star why he's definitely the star of this movie. But yeah, the the two weeks before, that's why his hair is like bright red in the opening scene because his he had dyed his hair black and they literally painted it red. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the, Thor, the Thoreau quote is that for him, it's not so bad. Be aware all enterprises that require new clothes, um, which apparently is also the quote from a Kurt Vonnegut book of short stories. So there you go. Um, Lauren Ambrose, who... I never really watched Six Feet Under. Uh, she's in Servant, which I may be the only person watching. She's great in that. She's kind of great here. It's a lot of also gingers not... in Servant. Yeah. That, well, they're, they're brother and, and sister. And Ron so. oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, not the most spelled out character, but 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 whatever. I, I I like her. I like that we get her as like the essentially the other lead. I feel like. Do you want to hear um, who else they had in mind? Because she was the last one cast. It took a okay. bit longer for her. You want to hear some names yeah. of yes, people that they also had in mind? Um, Alicia Witt, okay. Okay. Uh, Reese Witherspoon, and Christina Ricci. Hmm. That they ultimately I could maybe on see maybe Christina Ricci in like a, a gothic phase or, or not not like super, not like Wednesday Adams, but yeah. That'd be I mean, at that point, yeah. I can't Alicia see Reese Witt, Witherspoon. Alicia Wood had been in Twin Peaks, and I think she'd been on that Sybil Shepherd sitcom. She she could play the anti-social. It'd be like a much, I don't know, like what I like about Denise is she's like the kids that I knew who weren't popular in high school, but they weren't anti-social per se. They just had their own click. I don't know, man. There's a lot, like like 10 years after high school, you find out, you meet people that you you didn't know, or you put on a pedestal or whatever, and you find out that like you could have all been fucking friends or or whatever. It's just the the barriers you put up. Oh, hi, Sally. Yeah. And by the way, you're sleeping on Six Feet Under. It's one of the best shows. <laughs> Has the best I... ending ever. I've heard it opinion. is. That does have a great finale. Yeah. It's like the whole montage of how everyone dies, et cetera. Yeah. With Sia. That was how we got Sia, right? Is I it? think so. That was Breathe Me. Yeah. It was like how American audiences were first shown Sia. I don't know. Like after that, though, I felt like I got real turned off in Alan Ball. It was what, hard. True, true Blood didn't true do blood. it for you. It did for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget like the exact point that I started hating, like hate watching it. Like I went from loving it, and I read all the books too, like mm. all of them. I think it was the amnesia so, plotline with Eric. I hate the amnesia oh. plotline. Oh, I like that one only because they finally hook up. Okay, well, I'm, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it was when they, um, someone was having like mythical babies on a pool table either fairy babies or some sort of like i think i remember hybrid that, yeah. baby i was like oh okay this is where we're going with the show now don't Got those it. girls and then the whole religion later? thing no idea it's like somebody i eats mean them. yeah for a while even when the show was 
bad. There were still moments like uh, when what's his name dies. It's just like, I love you, Jason Stackhouse. But like, yeah. it did like the fucking flash forward or like six six month time jump, and it's like Sam Merlot was like the mayor, and he like impregnated an eighteen year old girl, and I was just like. What am I still watching this for? <laughs> I think I was just so deeply committed at that point. It's like, well, I've already put this much time and effort. I may as well finish it. It's it's probably going to be over pretty soon based on the the, the direction they're taking it. But I, I bailed yeah. when Alcide died. I was just like, that's it. I'm out. Yeah, I think that's the last one I watched too. Not that I loved Alcide, oh. but yeah. I was just like, you just unceremoniously shot this dude right in the head. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyways, can't hardly wait. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we get the uh, the flashback here. Um, there's something like super fake about this rainstorm and like the fake thunder and lightning, God. but I kind of like it. Like, I don't know. I, I like that. It's very stylized and he has like his young freshman haircut. Yeah, it's, I, just, it's like fog and lightning, mm-hmm. like whenever she pulls up and then when she gets out of the car, I, I felt like it was purposeful um, and meant to be a little campy. <laughs> his books are disgusting. Like, like when he gets in the class, those books are fucking gross. Yeah, they are pretty gross. Um, the, the detail from the commentary is that that's the high school where the cinematographer went to high school and he was told he would amount to nothing. And he came back and filmed this movie there. <laughs> that is the exact level nice. of pettiness I would have taken it to as well. Um, also, the Pop-Tart dropping, it kind of reminds me of the close-up arrow shot in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where they had to film it, or they had to build a giant, giant thing. Pop-Tart. <laughs> yeah, they just like do that stupid shot. It's like one of the most expensive shots in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah his this whole story about how oh i was the first one to see her and then she was in the same class as me and then she's eating the same pop tart that i like and it was meant to be and then mike dexter shows up ruins it for him i'm yeah, sure you totally it's definitely someone shot. else's yeah someone else's fault mm-hmm. not his own i mean he has a line or he's like that's when i lost her it's like dude you never had her <laughs> no there's yeah, there's so many decision so many red flags there. Like you cannot build whatever on pop tarts. And also if your romantic rival just showed up and like flashed a grin and that's what ruined it for you, you had Jack fucking all. Um, I mean, I want to like Preston so much, but then he says things like Amanda and I need to finish what we started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when she started literally it, doesn't bro. know who he is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and also strawberry is like the most generic, you know, common type of pop tart anyway it's not like a whatever that that one flavor was it was like it was like bright blue the blue rats um, oh yeah yeah s'mores is my favorite but you know hmm. it's it's just so it's kind of a generic flavor it's not it's not that unique yeah no it's like the one that everyone it, it might as well be it's called like the default plane yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it it it's just like it's just such a reach so I, mean, I, I can totally i mean Watching it now, I'm just like, you fucking asshole. But like, I remember myself in high school and I'm like, yeah, I totally would have obsessed over something stupid like that. Oh, same. I think that's well, just what you do at 14. Yeah. I don't know if you continue it at 18, but that's just what you do it at 14. Mm-hmm. This might be just a lame guy thing, but uh, I know my answer is yes. James, did you ever write a letter? Uh, I don't want to talk <laughs> about that. Yeah. I mean, so there's there's like did a you, did level you ever, of relating. Did uh, you ever ask any girl out like right after she broke up with another dude? always mm-hmm. it's like an ambulance that's, chaser of romance that's usually when that's usually Time when they strike. get asked out the most yeah. it's like it's like there's a pheromone released or something that just you know all dudes in the area just kind of swoop vulnerability i just wonder like 
I mean, not that not that it's her job to, but like in four years, um, is it Denise? Is that Lauren Ambrose's character? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she was never like, dude, maybe you should like, I don't know, just move on or you know. She tries. Yeah. She, she tries to tell him mm-hmm. multiple times. Every time Jeez. she brings he brings it up, she rolls her eyes and is like, You need to, you know, look at the future and not live in the past, bro. <laughs> She's also clearly telling him several times at the beginning how traumatized she was by their high school experience. And he's just like I ain't trying to hear that. I mean, in general, though, let me ask you this, though. In theory, is writing this letter a crime? A crime? I mean, is this the worst thing? I mean, like, just to say, look, last chance. I don't want to make this weird. No, no obligation. I always had a thing for you. Here's who I am. I may never see you again. Yeah. I mean, I don't think this is the worst thing in theory. The, the, the letter is not the bad part. It's more just like just hearing him talk about his obsession with yeah. her. You're just like, oh, man. Yeah. Because in I the just, 90% likelihood that this does not go well, you know he is not going to take it well. Yeah. And then yeah. some poor girl at that Kurt Vonnegut conference is going to have to <laughs> suffer with his intimacy issues, therefore. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Whoever, whoever he dates next. Oh, good luck to her. Um, the commentary is fascinating because the directors just rant about how much they hate their own blocking and how frustrated they were because they wanted to do a lot of like, like there's a lot of like in the party, there's a lot of like Aaron Sorkin, Kubrick, like walk and talks, like yeah. transitions. And they're like, why did we think we should do this in one take? Like when we got into the editing room, we fucking hated ourselves because every scene's a little bit too long. There's some like really awkward wide cuts, mm-hmm. you know, partially yeah, because yeah. of the drinking and partially because they just need to get out of a moment. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they filmed was, this in only 26 days. Yeah, yeah, which kind of shows in a way. I mean, um, but yeah, so then we cut over to like fake in and out. Um, and Mike, get Dexter. Mike Dexter in his own Mike. pussy posse. Oh my god, uh, I really love the freeze frame on his table. face. He's just like that, like funny grimace that he has. <laughs> Mr. Jenny Garf here is like 80% biceps. Just win, baby. That's his quote. <laughs> it's and just just to think, like he's you know he's the dad in Twilight. I know, I know, like vampire dad in Twilight. It's so weird. So, like ten years later, yeah. I know. <laughs> the DVD that I got was the tenth anniversary edition. Where there's all these like featurettes of like bringing the cast back. He's got uh, what's his name? Hair. Oh, he does. Like, uh, I don't yeah, whatever, remember his character. Something name. Colin. Yeah, I can't remember what. Yeah, I want to say Cartwright for some reason. It's something like that. <laughs> Right. But like he's got the blonde hair the whole time he's talking about this movie. It's wonderful. Oh, Someone is fucking screaming at us because we can't remember the Twilight Dilf name. All right, I'll get it in a second here. Carlisle. But, uh, Carlisle. Oh. Doctor oh, Carlisle. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you got of the pussy posse here. You've got crazy knife guy from the Zeppo slash yeah. the dude who beats the shit of Dirk Diggler after watching him jack off. <laughs> yes. After he says, "Get it wet." <laughs> You got Sean Patrick Thomas, who would eventually be in Say the Last Dance, but it was also in Cruel, Cruel Intentions. Intentions. This is um, just like a who's who of 90s teen actors. And, and oh then Freddie Rodriguez, who is this character is straight up a serial killer. Oh, yeah. And he was also in Six Feet Under with Warren Ambrose. Oh, wonderful. This character scares the fuck out of me. What scares yeah, you? Yeah, he kind of has that, just that creepy laugh. Is that he's, what gets you? Yeah, that's what gets me. That's the start of it. He's super maniacal. I feel like he's got but not Beth because Beth is knife guy's girlfriend but whatever like girl he's dating she is going to end up in that trunk she's going to end up in a true crime podcast yeah. by the end of the summer he has those crazy eyes that are just yeah. like, a little bit too wide you know 
But uh, Peter Facinelli, tell me you could not swap him in for Tom Cruise when it started to go bad. I, I feel like that was definitely could. probably like his agent was putting that vibe out. Like, hey, man, this is the new Tom Cruise here. Yeah, I mean, like Mission Impossible 12 and it stars Peter Facinelli. Fuck yeah. I'd actually watch it because I hate Tom Cruise. Even, even Hunt Jr. I don't care. Um, <laughs> or hear me out. Peter Facinelli is Peter Kaminsky's dad. In what? Just in life or? Just yeah, okay. I don't know. As opposed to Henry Thomas or whatever it was in that movie. Apparently, he nailed his audition because he uh, he came in and did some push-ups, which is a very Mike Dexter <laughs> thing. And they're like, oh, "Okay, he brought the right energy to this." Well, Mike I guess um, James. Sorry. Um, James Marston was also up for the role, but Peter Facinelli had a, a hint of danger. They said, "I can see that." You say so. Marston or Marsters? Marsden. Okay. I had I had to check it. So I'm like, yeah. Hint of danger. Of course, Marsters has that over. Yeah, I, but I can totally <laughs> see James Marsden just seeming a little too. I don't know. Good guy. Pretty boy. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, like, and, yeah. and James Marsters would be hilarious because he's already like ten years older than the rest <laughs> of the cast. <laughs> I mean, both of them, Marsden and Marsters, they have the cheekbones. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, what I love about this little uh, Algonquin Ron table is like what I want to hear after a breakup is for my bros to tell me how fucking hot my ex is. <laughs> well, and it's brilliant plan. It's like, it. we're going to, we're going to break up and have the whole summer to ourselves. It isn't terrible. I mean, you might've broken up with this girlfriend a little bit cruelly, but it's like, if, if you're all going your separate ways anyway, like, I don't know, you might as well break up. Preemptive breakup. Yeah. But- the fact that he spends like most of the movie, like that's his main focus. It's just, it's a little much. Yeah. I think. He doesn't want to be you alone know. for a guy who just broke up with his girlfriend. I love that the, that the, some of the humor here though, is that these characters aren't mouthing off to him. Like their honest response is just funny. Cause he's just like, we're going to be in college soon. You know, who's in college. And they're like girls who used to be in high school. And he's like, no <laughs> women, man. Also he is wearing college. Women. Talk about, progressive he's wearing a shirt that says the future is women is he <laughs> yes i didn't notice that. no where'd you see that i didn't see that on his shirt uh oh, i'm sorry he says that he says oh, okay. i'm sorry not said. Yeah, yeah he says oh. the future is women and he's just like <laughs> talking about girls who have no curfew and they're on the pill because uh, you can't you can't have that in high school not, and then knife guys knife guy is just dying to say beth kiss my ass <laughs> yeah this, he had like some real emotional issues there <laughs> yeah i mean that guy is like always like his whole wheelhouse is like guys who probably have ptsd but not from war i've just uh that that actor i've seen him in i just remember him mostly from the zeppo there was another little um if you know i think there's four total actors that were in that were in buffy the guy at the beginning who was trying to give denise a tassel um he played like an abusive jekyll hyde type guy mm-hmm. boyfriend on on buffy and amber benson and amber benson yeah. yes and <laughs> oh, did you know oh there's five actually yeah. did you know that veruca is in this mm-hmm. oh shit where's yeah. veruca oh you'll see her mm-hmm. oh wonderful oh uh, she, the is she the cheetah yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. her and seth green knew each Ooh. other yeah like, what a tragic doesn't she have like the republica haircut Oh yeah, and she has the whole sweater set yeah, tied yeah, yeah. around her shoulders. The whole night, very like different. Teenage senator's wife, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have known, and her voice is even different. Like I know Veruca had this really deep voice. Like her voice is different. Like she just, 
you know, wouldn't have even known it was her if not for IMDb, honestly. Nice. So then we got William Lichter here, who I always just think of as Charlie Cosmo because like he did like hook. hook in this and nothing yeah. else. Like he took yeah, a break just... from MIT to do this role. Yeah, they, I don't think he went back to acting after that. They did like an Eric Stoltz where they cast some dude they fired like three days into the movie because he wasn't cutting it. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the character I relate to the least in this movie is probably William, like less so than Seth Green's character. Mm. I feel like he's such a staple of the teen movie where it's like he's he's like the proto McLovin. It's like he's the big dork who's such a nerd, but like he's going to be the one who gets laid by the end of the movie. You know, it's like he's secretly got like a party animal and he just hasn't you know been let out of the cage. I feel like it's there must be some sort of wish fulfillment in the writing of this character. Yeah, well, but I, I like that was a lot. You know, it's very revenge of the nerds, mm-hmm. but. With a very is, problematic plan. Well, yeah, when Revenge of the Nerds is like secretly, not secretly, like now you look at it, it's super problematic. Um, well, but like his whole, movies. yeah, but like his whole thing is not, it, it's not like to have a good time or whatever. It's like, it's to like fucking ruin Mike Dexter in apparently a kind of sexual way. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And it's funny, like the parallels between, um, Preston's obsession with Amanda and William's obsession with Mike. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm the only one that caught that, but mm. yeah, they've been obsessing about, you know, this one person. And um, honestly, that, having to wear an eye patch, like, I don't know, that could be kind of cool. That could, that could have been his thing for a while. My parents took me to a 3D film festival. I saw no third dimension. Yeah, 3D is <laughs> overrated anyway. So his his Rosencrantz yeah, and Guildenstern Bros. They're wearing X Files shirts. They're I called X Files in the script. I know. I love it. The X Files. P H I L E S. I also dislike William because he has kiss action figures, but he has kiss action figures because all the other action figures they couldn't get cleared. Like they, that's why that's why you don't see Boba Fett. That makes Not sense. a kiss fan, huh? He made chloroform in chemistry class. I, Who boy? Yeah, which is I, not green, by the way. I just want to point that out. I think, like, oh, depending yeah? on like your age, like, there's a certain gap where like Kiss was cool, and then it was like, man, those guys fucking suck. And then he was like retro cool. And me and Mark are both in the period where it's like, man, Kiss sucks. Yeah, oh, yeah. Guess for me, it was retro cool. Yeah. Uh, X File number one was Dick Whitman's little brother. Since I'm yeah. apparently human, I'm to be. Um, yeah. But I, I love the weird little fascinating like match cuts. I don't know why he has surveillance cameras in his fucking basement. That's creepy as shit. But like when we cut from just like the surveillance camera there to like uh, Kenny at the uh, convenience mart, which uh, here we go. And even so the conversations cream. that they have like, oh, there might be people having sex tonight. And then you immediately cut to Kenny. I need to have sex tonight. You really yeah. got to have sex tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, see your quote is, Picture me rolling. <laughs> which is this is a period for him because he's scott evil he's oz he's that little more he was that little marlock and airborne the rollerblading movie um i think i Idle might hands, hate maybe. Yeah, yeah i think i might hate his two his two homies quite a bit too. oh yeah they suck oh yeah yeah they really suck i know one I, of the guys was in the aerosmith video oh like a ladder aerosmith video. but these guys are very much like it's like he's their leader but also he's like the, the punching bag of the group at the yeah. same time you know it's yeah. like they, it's almost kind of seems like maybe they're keeping him around just to make fun of him or, or like to mess with him yeah he's like a and also shorter. because they seem to be the only wannabe white boys in the school so yeah. they all get yeah. together just by default i think these guys definitely existed back in that time period oh <laughs> yeah in my time I mean, period too yeah. in high school i would say like in the suburb of california where where we went to high school 
this was like the makeup too like like the one scene where you see like the primary like the 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 students of color like that was kind of our high school too it was Mm -hmm. not the most diverse group i'm sad to say um same. But I mean, there, there's something about Seth Green that's that's likable, even when this character is atrocious. Like the like the line reading of like, and the girls be like, "You don't know twenty different ways to make me call you Big Papa." It's like I okay. don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we got yeah, Shermanator really, in the background. Oh my god, Klepto Kid is one of my favorite little bits. Like I have, I know we're not doing um, top moments, but there are just some bits that are like my absolute favorite. I just get a kick out of every time, and Klepto Kid is one of them. Steals the car. Just, like, almost, you know, steals a fucking gumball machine in the diner, just, and he never gets caught. It's great. And he was in, um, She's All That, and he was a kid who had to eat pubes. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Um, There's a voice at the very beginning. I think it's the one who tells Preston about Amanda and Mike breaking up. I'm. It's not in the credits, but I'm pretty sure that's, um, what's his face? Uh, Stu from Scream, whose name I can't think of right now. Oh, Timothy Oliphant? No, no, Stu. No. Oh, uh, 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 Matthew Lillard? Matthew Lillard, yeah. Yes. It really That's sounds funny. like Matthew Lillard. But. I know that one of the guys that you see later in the party is one of the voices because they were friends of yeah, him. Yeah. Um, so this will be a long podcast. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm just going to go on a limb. <laughs> but uh, wherever we are in the movie, like this 10-minute mark, mm-hmm. what I love about the commentary from, the, uh, from back then is that it's up until this point where Seth Green finally retires his British accent because he does this whole bit in the commentary that he's a British actor mm. who had to struggle with his American accent for a while. Marco, I'm going to have to put in a, like a limiter on how many times you can reference a commentary from this movie. I need maybe three more. Okay. Um, so the sex pack. The, the what do they call it? The, uh, the pleasure chest. The pleasure chest. <laughs> There's a copy of the Kama Sutra. You did not whip that out and read it right before. <laughs> and he's really prepared here. He's got this love candle. A massive fucking love candle. Like that thing looks like a big pink dildo. <laughs> Little rose. I like he's got just like the, the one red rose in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's uh, got whipped cream. He's got all kinds of stuff. Is that whipped cream gone bad? Like how long has he had this whipped cream? <laughs> no, it's like, it's C-R-E-M-E. It's like a, it's um, yeah. somewhere oh, like probably between like a lotion and a lube. <laughs> oh, right on, right on. Yeah. Oh yeah. I did a whole, um, whole thing in there uh his love kit feather sorry my my um headphones cut out for a second so if you already named these i apologize no please Um, but yeah the the feathers candles or at least one candle tons of condoms a rose that whipped cream lube the pocket gum sutra matches for you know probably for the candle Mm -hmm. they have he has like gold coins in there that look like those chocolate gold coins (laughs) like that you Um, get on christmas yes (laughs) Yes. Is that a reward? Or like, hey, you were great. Like, it's like a mint to leave under the pillow when he goes or something. <laughs> it's amazing. Think... It's like he, like he wanted roses and chocolate and like he just had gold <laughs> coin chocolate. I don't think any kind cigarettes. of, any kind of uh, currency, even if it's like goofy chocolate currency, is something you should give your lover <laughs> right after coitus. Um, what you should pull out is a pre like filled out, like a com- certificate of completion. That's cool. I just love um, how his character is like, on the one hand, he's like this, like wannabe ladies man or whatever, but he's clearly like this massive dork. Like it's, he's such a unique character. You know? I gotta say, I do appreciate like the, the level of dedication he's bringing, mm-hmm. you know, 
Cause it's not just about getting laid. Like he wants to make it a whole experience. And I got to say, even though he's a total dork and a wannabe white boy, it, I, I find that quality at least endearing. Well, I think you know who he is because again, he has, this is probably what this whole thing is like $150 right here. Like the pleasure chest. That's like probably what he went and he acquired all this shit. He has not yeah. cracked open that Kama Sutra until five minutes before he thinks he's <laughs> going to like get it wet. So it's like that tells you everything about what kind of enthusiastic nerd he is about sex. Um, also, Which I I get the enthusiastic nerd part because that's what I do. Like when I when I commit to something, I I fully commit. So and he's, are you, are you, he's out you there. put together a pleasure trust. <laughs> he's out there at the party, like he's going for it. He's not like pressing, just moping around, being like, "I got to wait for my shot" or anything. <laughs> No, no. no. Played, Even when he gets rejected, he takes it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he takes it well. He doesn't be all douchey about it. He just moves on to the next one, which, you know, um, can't be said for a lot of dudes. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, Preston is fishing with a sniper rifle. Kenny is fishing with a net. <laughs> yeah, um, he even also, mentions it's a numbers game, and he, he's like, you know, 10 honeys or whatever, and then like one, you know, just honeys, completely yeah. ignores him. All right, nine to go. <laughs> I just, I do not want to let this pass because like a true 90s Japanese hacker fashion, yellow goggles, baby. Oh yellow fucking goggles. The fucking Janko jeans. I cannot yeah. get over those Janko jeans. Little rubber bands in his hair. You He's got the pager. Four Sev greens in those jeans. <laughs> I love just the, like you could the put, pager. You could oh put 120 Sev greens in that SUV later. <laughs> oh my God. I have to admit that um, a guy I dated when I was like 19, I want to say, um, he was older and, and definitely, um, uh, you know, of the nineties area and he still wore Janko jeans. And like, it's just like, these are never going away. No, I had, I was like, dude, what are you, what are you, know you doing? What, oh. It's not 1998 anymore. Let it go. They weren't that big, but, um, they were definitely There's- Janko. There's worse things because there was at our high school, there was the 90s kids. I mean, we were in the 90s who were wearing the bell bottoms. And it's like, who the fuck do you think you are, you asshole? Well, this is the whole 70s. Men retro and women. Yeah. Men and women. Okay. Because I remember obviously um, it I was, was wearing bell bottoms then because it was big. It was a less of a sin on the ladies. Because it's, Speak- it's ladies in jeans. They always look good. Speaking of the wardrobes, um... uh, except for those low rise jeans of the early aughts. <laughs> Mm. A low rise era. Yeah. Speaking of wardrobe, um, oh the the look that Preston has, like this was totally my look back then. The t shirt with like the the button shirt on top, but you just leave it unbuttoned. Yeah. I probably like watched this movie and I was like, I got to get a shirt like that. It's a very iconic look. He had the yeah. you know, I don't know if they were bracelets or whatever, but he had those. He had the uh, the belt. You know, it was all tucked in with a belt. How many uh, cousin Ron shirts did you have, James? Cousin Ron, the yeah, silk Eric shirt. Pa- Eric Palladino, oh. the shiny club oh shirt. <laughs> but did you have a tank top with a fucking mesh shirt over it, like one of the guys? No, but I did have a mesh Hawaiian shirt. Nice, that was oh. a pretty good shirt. That was your yeah, Xander shirt. That was a great shirt. The yeah. see-through kind, or no, 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 no. It, yeah, no. I, 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 that's what holes. I was talking about. Well, I would see-through mesh I would, shirt. No, it's mesh, but I would wear it over like a shirt, like Preston is, you know. So it was like this mesh Hawaiian shirt I'd wear over like a just a white t-shirt or something. It wasn't that see-through. Hawaiian shirts were big. Mm. It, it had it had air holes, but it wasn't like when he put it on, you could see James's nips or anything like that. Okay, because that's um, what I was talking about okay. in the one scene. There was a guy at the keg. <laughs> 
who ready to have sex girl gets back with. Right. And that's what oh, he was wearing. Yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. one of the moments where I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. My shirt. The one that when the, the beer is bad, no one tried the beer. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. yeah. On, um on rewatch here, I found myself really liking the uh, the girl whose house it, the party's at. Like, yeah. I was like, man, she looks familiar. Like, has she done other stuff? I think she just became like a costume designer or something. But I don't know. Set I was, designer. I was really enjoying her energy. It's kind of a little bit like uh, Alison Brie vibes. Yeah, and uh, except, I can definitely except, relate to some of that, too. Mm-hmm. Just that that highly neurotic energy. Oh, yeah. Except shut that. down that party hours earlier. <laughs> shut it the fuck down. I just love when she's uh, freaking out about, like, somebody needs to face the painting and then, like, uh, Seth Green, like, as you know, special case, like, oh, I think it was that, you know, that Russian dude, and she just like grabs him by the shirt, and she's just like, okay, you can go upstairs. Yeah, yeah, her entire energy was great, and I thought she looked familiar too. She looked like, um, you know, the intro to uh, my best friend's wedding where they do the whole, um, I've never uh, seen it. Like the three brides yeah, they did. Oh, oh. Anyway, she looked like a girl that mm-hmm. was in that and had done some other stuff. So I thought that was one. her, but she was different she hasn't been in that much stuff and i i looked up looked her up on amdb and it wasn't her it was someone different but um and i have been in that position as well i wasn't in high school i was a little bit out of high school i think i was like 19 or 20 and i had um had a house party i was still living with my parents at the time and um or not still but i i was at the time and um just you know even though they were a bit older and everything it was it was just still kind of annoying like and just people don't know how to handle mm-hmm. handle their booze. People like threw up in different places and just they're they teenagers you know, though. True. But <laughs> I, I remember having that kind of energy. We had to call the paramedics oh. actually at one point. It was a whole thing. And I'm like, of course, this is what happens when I have a fucking mm-hmm. party. But I love yeah, how I when that. when uh Preston and Denise walk in, she's like, Preston, oh, you brought a friend. And she just like turns around and walks out. She's like, okay, I'm not wanted here. <laughs> Uh, there is five seconds of a Jennifer Love Hewitt song recorded specifically for this movie that's played that that you oh, never really? hear again. Nice. Yeah, really. Um, so Mandy, here's the detail I find fascinating about Mandy. Uh, beyond how much I love Denise for saying, uh, "Why are we listening dog. to a radio station that plays <laughs> plays Barry Manilow?" Um, this was like one of the last elements because they needed retroactively after the first pass because like the script took all these weird different forms. They needed one more sign. And they were like, oh, it should be a song. That's so simplistic. Why do we think of it in the first place? A song that comes on the radio. The character was named Wendy up until that point, And all the Wendy songs mm. fucking suck. So that's when they came across Mandy. And the, the fact that it's written by the dog is perfect. But my case for Ethan Embry being a star is the moment in the car where he's like, look, shut up about the dog, okay? <laughs> like, he's, he's hilarious. He's charming. The dude is glowing. It's like, I fucking hate men. And I'm like, I want to hang out with this guy. Like I want whoever I don't even know I don't even know who Amanda is theoretically in this thing, and I want her to fall in love with this dude. Yeah, I honestly probably would have hated his character a lot more if it wasn't played by Ethan Embry's face. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, you couldn't swap out. Like I, I just don't think Peter Facinelli could have taken over this role. You know? Oh no. I mean, I want to no, see Peter Facinelli he... play like a super cool Dilf, or I want to see him play a maniac, like Tom Cruise. <laughs> And you got the Melissa Joan Hart cameoing as the yearbook girl. Oh my god! He needs all the signatures. We definitely had that archetype at my high school too. Um, um, that was great, and I love that um, she and reminiscing guy get together at the end of the movie. <laughs> Just it's a match that makes sense. The, the, I could see that one lasting. <laughs> yeah, and they'll be there at the ten year reunion with like four kids or something. 
Oh, I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to wait till he get till we get to him. But I just want to say now, bullcorn. <laughs> we have that written down too. Um, and then Love Burger, baby. We got Breckenmeyer and Donald oh Faison. Breckenmeyer this... is straight up dressed like Awesome Powers. <laughs> oh yeah, and he he puts on a fake English accent, and I love that every single member of the band has a different style. Honestly, the band <laughs> is. If not my favorite, it's probably my second favorite part of this entire movie because yeah. like I've known people in bands, they always think that there's going to be a talent scout somewhere. Mm-hmm. They yeah. always fight. I love that the band doesn't even get to play at all. They just fight the entire time. They get, you know, back together. They just like just the the comedy and like the chemistry between Breckenmeyer and Donald Faison is so great. This is definitely the well, kind of movie they're like putting oh they're like you can tell the writers are having really fun with like the jokes on the margins, like the band and whatnot, you know. Oh well, and, God, and so what I love about this too is that um, uh, the one director is married to Breck and Meyer, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. like it's not flashy. Like his role is not super flashy. Um, I'm definitely going to play one of my commentary cards in a moment mm-hmm. for the band. But uh, I just love that Breck and Meyer's character is like, "This is our first show. Don't screw it up." <laughs> he's yeah, doing the whole like mic thing where he's like caressing the mic. <laughs> Did anyone order a love burger? Well done. Oh I wanted to do like uh, Steven Tyler fucking scarves all over that thing. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, just, fucking... I love the insults that they hurled at each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you look yeah. like a stat. <laughs> <laughs> they got the, um, the nerds are on um, the roof here being just extremely nerdy. Yeah. The, when, when they're like afraid of the dark, I'm just like, come on. Yeah. And like, oh, you might get addicted or, you know, yeah. like to the alcohol. It's, you know, my, my brother is, was, and still is uber nerd. And he was not this uncool. Like there's, I think there's a difference between a nerd and a geek. And these guys are both um, somehow. They seem like they walked out of like 80 central Cassian as a nerd. Like they're not really like updated for the nineties other than their references. I mean, no. to like, it's your last night of high school. You're going to spend it on someone's fucking roof to play out like a prank that's not even about you give me a fucking right? break also it's ad lib the uh you know william in this light you somewhat resemble a young david Duchovny, <laughs> who was so huge at the time mm-hmm. I mean, he was like he was like the nerd messiah like all of the the geeks were just like that's our fucking hero right there fox was, Mulder. Was, oh oh yeah i guess because he was in he was in X Files, but even in the show, he didn't seem nerdy. I just I don't really oh, see David Duchovny being a huge nerd. There's there's a lot of the like, jokes in the margins of the X Files about like his huge porn collection and stuff. Yeah. like Yeah, he is super antisocial. It's like the one time that he has like a personal life. It's like a girl is clearly an escort. Yeah, like like Fox Mulder is like the the handsome nerd ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I guess it's just been that long since I've seen X Files. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the foreign exchange student, and unfortunately, with him comes fucking Eric Balfour. <laughs> God oh, damn it! There's another Buffy. Buffy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking yeah, Eric I definitely Balfour. Miscounted. Jesse, Jesse from Buffy. I remember him in um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. He gets to die in that if you haven't seen it, so watch it. He's he's in a movie where he does an unsimulated sex scene. Unsimulated. Yep. Oh, which one? Uh, I will Google it. Okay. I'm yeah, just curious. Um, Interesting. But yeah, so I mean, I don't know. The the joke with the foreign exchange student, though, like it shouldn't work, but it does. I don't know. It's funny to me. The callback works later. And then you have the grand yeah. grand entrance of Amanda Beckett. We finally see her face. And yeah. uh, the sneaker pimps play on the soundtrack. 
It's another a remix of them. There oh, we go. Well, well, first we such get a great song. First we get Mike Dexter shows up at yeah, the party. Coming in a white zombie. <laughs> yeah. And then they're all like, uh, "Oh my god, I can't believe she came." And she walks. And he straight up assaults your book girl. He shoves yeah. her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With those massive forearms, that girl's on moon, in the moon. <laughs> She's gonna need a talking cat to bring her back. Maybe yeah, that's uh, why we don't see her for so long. Amanda's senior quote is a is a from a Jewel song, <laughs> which is oh, I perfect. just feel like that fits. Yeah, that fits so well. God, Jewel was so huge for a minute there. Oh, what a time. But was she big enough that she could fit under Jennifer Love Hewitt's hair? Because my God, her fucking hair. I can't believe she fits in the door with that hair. And this is before it gets uber teased too. Like you can at least see her part here. Later on, it's just, you know, it's just forehead and then like all hair going mm-hmm. all the way back. Yeah, There's, I don't know. Like Kelly Kapowski is still an undeniable like uh, like hottie, but like there are like Kelly Kapowski dudes from the eighties that were like, oof. I just don't. I don't understand. I don't understand Amanda Beckett's hair. But yeah, Mike Dexter yeah. straight up sneers when she walks yeah. in the door. Yeah, what a fucking dick. But Smash Mouth, like you mentioned earlier, remember when Walking on the Sun was their one hit wonder song before we got like more one hit wonder songs out of them? Oof. Yeah, and I feel like Shrek made them yeah. big too. They're yeah, like Shrek. Shrek. They really. I don't know if he called a comeback at that point, but they really took over that all star. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we see uh dorky special K here doing his like robot moves in the mirror. In the mirror. We find out that Denise like dated him or no, they dated they each other friends. in eighth grade. They were best friends. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 But I mean, there's like a, there's like a Chekhov's gun though in the movie. It's like whenever they mention that we were friends and it ended badly, it's like, okay, these two are probably going to get locked in the bathroom for two thirds of this movie. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a great back and forth between Press and Denise. Just like, uh, were you this weird when we went out? Were you this bitchy when we went out? <laughs> yeah, I was bitchy that entire week in eighth grade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the girlfriends um, of Mike Dexter's bros are trying to comfort Jennifer LaFue here by telling her that she's uh, hotter than Gwyneth and he's no Brad. Not even the Brad from 12 Monkeys. <laughs> well, he is the most dope guy in school. Yeah, and school is yeah, over. we're not in school anymore. Yeah. <laughs> And she I mean, just does not compute. In this room in the house, it's like the Louis the Fourteenth boudoir and like roped off and shit. Like this room is ridiculous. Yeah, I kept watching. It does have the uh, the serious scotch that um, gets into later or is gotten yeah. into later? I kept yeah. watching the, the one of the girls here. I'm like, that really looks like Margot Robbie, but I know it's not. And it's uh, what's her face? Jamie uh, Presley. Ja- Jamie, Jamie Presley. Presley, who looks exactly like Margot Baby Robbie. Jamie yeah. Presley. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie Presley, and there was a model, another model named. Jamie King or James King, who looks mm-hmm. exactly like her too, but tinier. One of the two of them was in Sin City, but I can never tell which because they're clones. Oh, I don't think it was Jamie Presley. I think it was it must have been James Jamie King. King. Then. I yeah, think, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think her name's James King, but then she she started going by Jamie because people didn't understand a woman with the name James. Um, it was a different time. It was a different time. Yeah. Uh, Kenny, Kenny for swimming goggles. He has a whole voiceover about which of these tens is going to work his pole for the first time. Oh my god! And yet, That's I still so like this weird. character. Ten willing and able tour yeah. guides into the theme park of love. Uh, I think it's because he's such a dork that it it works. He's not full douche. He has just such a dorkiness about him that I think kind of undercuts the the shittiness. He's doing like the fishing pole <laughs> move. I mean. I don't know about you, but back in high school, I would do this thing where I would look at some classmates and I would do like the uh, 
Stand By Me or, or Teen Movie Flash Forward title card about where they end up and how they mm. died. And Kenny's energy just makes me think that he would die tragically trying to S his own D. <laughs> right? I mean... <laughs> Wasn't the original ending for him like he... He went to like UCLA or something and like everybody else was just like him. So he had to reinvent himself as a, an eco vegan or something like that. He lives in a cult now. Oh my God. He's totally the guy to join a cult. <laughs> like you look at Mike Dexter and you're like, oh yeah, that guy, he pe- he's a guy who peaks in high school. Mm-hmm. Which is funny to me just because <clears throat> it's not that Mike Dexter's not a villain. I just find it fascinating. This movie kind of humanizes him in places. Like we do get yeah. a little bit of his journey. I I, I don't know. I, this time rewatching it, I kind of felt bad when we saw Mike Dexter's title card at the end. Mm. Yeah. I have questions about those Polaroids too, but we'll get to it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Amber Benson, stoned, really admiring that banana. I don't really know how much more of this career or how much more of this, this storyline she had, but Amber Benson has this really tragic film history, like, like Dawn's mm. Plum and, just other movies where she either has a bit part or she got cut out of or just didn't go well for her. But uh, uh, oh, one of my commentary cards, Seth Green said he had a huge crush on Amber Benson going into this movie. Interesting. Aww, that's cute. Which I thought was funny because she's going to steal your girlfriend in like in a year, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, misses to your girl. Uh, so William, I, oh, for some reason, great. I just cannot think of this guy as William. I just think Charlie Corsmo, but he shows up at the keg and very awkwardly gets himself a beer immediately spits it out right in this dude's face i feel like they go easy on him oh yeah but i think this i honestly thought this part at least watching it this time was like really adorable like you know the beer's gone bad no <laughs> one drank the beer and so he's trying to warn people mm-hmm. i think it was just really cute um but yeah that's where i have my note in all caps there is a dude with a tank top and a mesh shirt over it at the keg. <laughs> purple tank top <laughs> Purple. Oh, yeah. The other two yeah, guys there are straight out of John Favreau's swingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally. That. It's the 90s, man. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, but I just, I like when he walks up to the one guy and he's just like, uh, uh, is this, the, is this uh, the beer? And tag yourself. I'm the one who says, what the hell does it look like, asswipe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, same. Then we have the scene yeah, between the same energy. Seth Green and uh, uh, Veruca from buffy here oh remember what used to call you chester oh, cheeto <laughs> just man crushing soul crushing oh yeah you know she what? brings everybody else yeah. into it makes a whole spectacle out of it it's wild i did not recognize her as veruca here i recognized her as the girl who single white females kelly taylor in beverly hills 902 and oh holy shit okay well yeah i mean starring you know jenny garf and we have this movie with mr jenny garf mm-hmm um, yeah, Cleo Duvall, who I don't think she's interested in Kenny. I uh, don't yeah. think she's into you. I, I think both yeah, these no, girls are. Team there. Yeah. Don't want to profile here, but I don't think she's into it. No, and, and the other girl as well. I don't know mm-hmm. much about her, but. It kind of I mean, seems like they were there together. To by the cover, but it look seems at the like they're, you know what I mean? they're at their own party. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're not invited. And she's allergic to dancing, so they it was will never probably get in the first more, place. more use out of your pleasure chest. Just hand that over. Yes. Yeah, they probably know what, more about what to do with that than he would. So Amanda rooms the party. She overhears one girl telling, I think she it's Veruca yeah. telling another mm-hmm. girl that mm-hmm. Mike actually dumped her a year ago and has been paying her 50 bucks a month to stay together, which financially is nuts. <laughs> what's, what's so weird is yeah. that like she doesn't even, she just gives them a look like, you know, and they, they like, we're like, oh, sorry. Like she has so little dialogue in the first part of this movie. Like she just, 
is there to roam around and not say much. That's yeah, $600. She's just such an enigma. Mm-hmm. I just had to yeah. pull up my calculator. That's $600 fucking dollars for your senior year. That she would have had to pay him. Yeah. Hmm. If she's, the roles are reversed, I'd like to see that movie. <laughs> I mean, but for as people, as, as Google Gaga, as people were about Jennifer Love Hewitt back then, like she's not paying nobody nothing to have to date her. They were all falling over her. That's the, that's the only problem I have this movie or one of the, one of the main problems I have this movie. I'm sorry. Like the fact that people are like, oh, you know, like, like rotten goods or whatever. It's like, no, people would be lining up like fucking crazy. Well, they like do cousin Ron. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's half and half though, but I feel like that, that part is realistic um, in the sense that that can happen to women, even the ones that are scorned, like where they're made into the asshole mm. instead of the guy that treated them like shit. So I can well, see both sides. And then she does have like a bunch of dudes come and hit on her. Not any that are, you know, of great quality, but um, so yeah, we really get to see both sides of that because jokes that, on honestly, them. That is pretty realistic. I prefer the asshole. Um, I, I love the scene when uh, Ethan Embry's like sat down near her on the couch and he, he like knocks the candles over and she laughs and I'm like, I don't know. I, I wish there's a little bit more of this where like her kind of noticing him without knowing who he is and being like, yeah. Oh, he, that guy seems like kind of cool guy. Um, but yeah, and that was like the first actual moment they had together mm-hmm. where she was, you know, awake and aware of his, you know, him and his presence and yeah. what was happening. And then, and then the, is- the remember everything, you know, remember this, remember that friend shows up and I feel like he's really mad at this guy, but it's like, dude, this guy is a great wingman for you, dude. Just like shut up and like, let him tell kind of embarrassing, but fun stories about you. And like, she's enjoying it. Like she, like he's hyping but you he doesn't up. know that. Yeah. He doesn't know it, yeah. but he's helping. She turned away, yeah. but she totally got a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. I she mean, to be I think she found fair, it endearing. Like just, you know, without that context of, of her actual reaction, if I was just like, remember that time you like shit your pants <laughs> and then like left your pants behind and tried it. Like, like out of, out of, out of nowhere, you're just like, please stop or I'll murder you. <laughs> Um, that's not making me look good. No one wants to fuck me after that story. But uh, earlier before that, you, this is where you get to see the fake CGI balloon that used to be a beer bong, oh, yeah. which is wild because <laughs> this is the first time that I actually watched the movie and noticed that there's an actual real balloon also in that same shot. and They look horribly different. <laughs> and I think if we haven't gotten there yet, um, oh no, I think we're about there where... Um, Someone in the background, like I just, I watch a lot of backgrounds. I watched this um, a few times in preparation and I just noticed more and more like people blowing bubbles in the background, the silly string, of course. And then someone is in the back in multiple scenes with this, with a pool skimmer collecting cans. (laughs) Fucking does that. Also (laughs) uh, a character who has their own storyline that would never see is the makeout couple. Right. There's also the crying girl somewhere in here. Oh, she got cut. Yeah, she's only in the uh, the crowd surfing scene after that. That's something I would have wanted to see because I there is a, there is that girl at every single party, every party, even in adulthood. Well, I feel like <laughs> I guess the conceit of crying girl was that she's the one who knows everything, and if anyone actually talked to her, like the movie would have been over earlier. But you, she has she's like subtitled because you can't understand a word she's saying through the tears. And I think she ends up at the diner with the exchange student at the end. Because when he says to Preston, I want to see your penis, or I want to see my penis, she comes up and says, you know, subtitled, I do want to see your penis. (laughs) Yeah. I read that, um, I haven't verified the info, but I read somewhere that um, the guy who plays the exchange student is Dean Martin's grandson. Oh, wow. And he was also in uh, Josie and the Pussycats. I'm like, I know, I know that face. And he was in Mm. Josie and Pussycats too. 
Yeah, then we get Cousin Ron here. This guy just oozes <sighs> sleaze. It's probably hair? the silk shirt that tips it off, too, honestly. And the I'm hair. Silk How shirt. You know? Oh, my God. Eric Paladino is one of those 90s actors. I would say Eric Paladino is one of those 90s actors that I don't even know what he's from, but I just know these Eric Paladino and I've seen him in things. I've Yeah, I was looking up his IMDb and I feel like it was a lot of stuff like um, he's probably you know, a crime and procedurals geeks. and stuff. He was in Freaks and Geeks? Uh, probably. If, if you're from somewhere in the 90s and I don't know it because I didn't watch it, it's probably Freaks and Geeks. That's like the oh, one big hole in my 90s thing. So um, you were mentioning that uh, uh, Freddy Rodriguez seems like a serial killer. Is it be- this weird scene where he's like talking about the mirrors in uh, his girlfriend's parents' house? And, and <laughs> acting, his, it, out. acting yeah. it out. Yeah. 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 He's just, uh, he just has such a creeper energy. Such okay. Again. Energy. I want to like, I want to love Kenny because he's Seth Green. His tantrum is, yo, why you guys got to waste my flavor? Damn. <laughs> also, it, he you like gotta love, jumps to get to their level. Yeah. You As a short love person, I really appreciate that. The people dancing because they're all dancing to a different beat and or rhythm throughout the movie. I oh, adore yeah. that. Oh, but then, I feel like that's so true for drunk people dancing. Yeah. The scene yeah. where Denise is just sitting on the couch alone, she like takes her jacket off, puts it back on. And then this one like girl who like seems like, oh, maybe she's even like a, another lonely wallflower, like Denise, like sits down next to her she's and is dressed like, like hey, one. Did we uh do we have a class together? Ha, I told you guys. It's like some bet that she had to somebody else. Yeah, so they go collect money from people. Yeah. It's fucked up. And then <laughs> Anybody order Anyone a love, love burger? Well done. Oh my god! And then just the immediate meltdown because he's wearing one of the band shirts. It's so, <laughs> it's so good. I just feel like it's so. I want that line of Breckenmeyer's Myers tombstone. On just Donald face on, just being like, "Hey, I think it's worth shirts. Maybe I should wear the hat." He just pulls out this ridiculous <laughs> cowboy hat. Which honestly, that cowboy hat felt very '90s. It felt very of the time. Like, uh, remember MTV's uh, Spring Break coverage? Mm, yep. Yeah. And how many fucking cowboy hats he saw? I feel like that was that was very fitting. So much I just so that he calls Donald him Faison so much. He calls him Hootie. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever. You look like Lestat. <laughs> calls so, him the white artist, like uh, the artist formerly known as White Prince. <laughs> my 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 second commentary card, uh, Breckenmeyer and the guy that he gets in a fight with, the guitar player, they actually hated each other. Like oh, there's really? a reason you see a very little of that guy later is because. He smartly walked off the set because he was going to punch Breckenmeyer. And everyone kept warning him that, like, not only is he dating the director, but Donald Faison will murder you because they're best friends. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. What a weird oh, crutch. I have. feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I don't like know Donald what Faison led and I would it. probably be. I'm oh, sorry. I, was, I don't know what led to it, but it was just like the guy just, he wanted to hit Breckenmeyer in front of everyone. And they were just like, I really wouldn't do it, man. I really wouldn't. <laughs> I you do love that. Maybe that's Sorry. why the whole uh, the band animosity felt so authentic, because <laughs> <laughs> there was animosity there. That's great. And then you've got these uh, these two friends. The girls talking about how like how her boyfriend like cheated on her, and she's gonna have sex with the first guy that even talks to her. And uh, Special K just like falls oh, right into her lap, practically. Literally. But then he he, oh. he puts on a you know he he does his whole. His whole routine there for her. He's he's trying hard, and she's just like, eh, whatever. He'll do. He'll do. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna um, go check his balls, his breath, and maybe put on a Jimmy hat early. Yeah, maybe even two because that's how it's done. This makes me wonder if it does. Yeah. Is he really that hard up to get sex? Because like, does he really think this girl's gonna wait like a half hour for him to 
go like freshen up in the bathroom before he comes back. Well, he obviously knows very little Mm -hmm. about actual real life sex. So he'd probably assume. And he has so much self-confidence, even if a bit misplaced that I feel like he'd, you know, I'm not saying that that it's consideration. Like it's not like he's considering, but I respect at least that he's not wanting to show up so unprepared in his, his mindset. Like he's not like, I don't care if I have bad breath, my balls smell weird. Like I like that. He's at least going to show up with what he thinks is a hundred percent. I agree. He's at least putting some thought and some care into it, which, um, yeah, I really appreciate that. And, uh, in, in real life is not always, <laughs> not always the case. Majority of the time. <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend like, if you're going to go over to your girl's house to have sex, you don't need to put the condom on before you get in the car and drive over. That's not necessary. It, it won't work. <laughs> yeah. It won't work. Unless maybe you took a Viagra the whole time and then good luck walking with that and jeans, especially those, maybe those Janko jeans. Maybe that's why he wears them enough yeah. room for his pants down so he can still walk. That's just asking to get pulled over and have an awkward experience with a police officer. Uh, <laughs> um, Oh, we missed the part where the uh, the hostess girl, uh, where she's walking around sniffing people's shoes to find out if someone stepped in poop. Yes, and then the uh, just it's such a small part is the long <laughs> line for the, I love the long line for the bathroom where like somebody the dude comes out like the cast with the toilet paper on his uh, cast, and then like twenty people like pile into the bathroom. All the girls, yeah. which so true. That joke is hilarious so to me, true. especially the very last girl who's mm-hmm. a little behind the rest. <laughs> seems older and has her purse and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally has a mom purse. Like, don't lock the door. Wait for me. Yeah. But I mean, defacing the host's family portrait, giving mom saggy boobs, and like riding she's got like a joint this, in her mouth. Yeah. I really oh like boys God. for dad. Like, oh. damn girl, end this party now. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Oh, it's so bad. But like, I love the way that Kenny just kind of like throws the exchange student under the bus to get to the other bathroom. Like, he is committed. And she's just grabbing his shirt and like not even <laughs> looking at him for a second. She's just like holding him and she stares around. Yeah. Um, yeah, she did such a great job. It felt very real. Yeah, then he goes to the bathroom. This is like he's like a one man slapstick like comedy machine in this scene. I don't, this is the wrong time to crack open your Kama Sutra book for the first time. But uh, I, I don't whatever. He he burns his dick with the hairdryer. I guess that can happen. <laughs> That's probably because of the giant fucking chain he has against his chains. Probably heating yeah. that right up. Mm. Well, like just it looks because because of his height in those jeans. The fact that he has a foot on the tub and a foot on the toilet seems <laughs> improbable. Oh, it's so great, though. And those um, sneakers that he's wearing, I definitely had classmates that wore those sneakers. I forget the actual name of them. I think they were Fila, but um, yeah, I've definitely seen those. It brought me right back. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I think the next up here, we have the scene where the chick is eating uh, Eric Balfour's like, bad pop brownie and just throws it. <laughs> it's Denise it's right in the forehead. Face. Yeah, God. <laughs> And then Eric and then Balfour licks, licks her. her fucking face. Yeah. Gross. Oh, it's so gross. Grabs her and licks her face. I can't think I mean, of anything worse than Eric Balfour licking you. Ugh. Ugh, I would have punched him or elbowed him in the face. Like I don't want to waste this. So yeah. hard. Ugh. This is this is why you died on Buffy Eric Balfour. Yeah, in the first episode. And in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And in, in 24. Hi. Excellent. Oh. He's the new Sean Bean. He's the Sean Bean of has been TV actors. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even think he's been into anything in um, anything recently. He was in um, that awful Skyline movie. He also dies in that. So, oh, mm. wow, good. 
I hope they killed him for real to save money on effects. Um, yeah, so Denise comes in the bathroom and she gets stuck in the bathroom because we were told there's a handle. I mean, there's like a there's like a um, like a Chekhov's gun though. If like I said, don't close you, the bathroom door. That... But if you if you find out yeah. that someone was friends or whatever, you hear the bathroom door. Of course, they're gonna get stuck in there. Um, he is like, was it like this? Is what he's got the hair dryer. He's like jinkos like around his knees, like swaying. He's got several condoms strands in his of condoms. Mouth. He has two condoms. packs of condoms in his mouth, which. You know, hello, just asking for an accident there because yeah. they're going to break with your fucking also, teeth. Don't double bag it. That uh, doesn't work. Oh, no, no. Never. No, it's actually worse. Yeah, it's worse. The, the friction causes holes. So don't wasn't do there, it, kids. Wasn't there like a joke in the fucking Coneheads movie where like they think condoms are gum? Maybe. So they're constantly yeah. blowing like condom bubbles. Yeah, I only saw the trailer <laughs> for that, but I think it was in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Um, which reminds me of, of bad SNL movies. Uh, crying girl or drunk girl, drunk crying girl is what's mm-hmm. her name? Jan Brady from the Brady Bunch movies. Mm. Mm. Uh, the um, filmmakers for this movie did a very Brady sequel. Oh, so really? That makes sense. Yeah. It's funny. I they they, some of their they mention uh, Roger Cumble as a contemporary of theirs. And it's like, I can see that. You guys have similar careers. I don't know why these two didn't direct PLL, but mm-hmm. cool. Cool. Um, I mean, actually, I do know why. I don't think they did much after this, honestly. No. Yeah. So, trailer moment where William can't feel his legs. I can't feel my legs. And then he does the. uh, You don't actually see him do the tequila shot. You just see him lick the salt and and take the lemon. And it's just like um, full on, like making out with this. I feel like that's also a rite of passage. Yeah. Which at this point, I think he just grabs a lemon, though. Oh, is that what he's saying? Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's grabbing a lemon out of her mouth. You see it in well, earlier. Well, apparently they it, they changed it from a lime to a lemon with CGI. Well, because okay. that was important in the uh the So it wouldn't be tequila or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, different citrus fruit, I guess. But I mean, you're making out with random... We haven't even gone to like the, the GNR yet. Like you're making oh, yeah, out this groupies. chick. We're making out this chick here. My question for you is, Mike who? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Why do you even care anymore? I wonder if they gave yeah, the... Uh, just have fun. If they just gave all the extra silly string or like go wild with it. You know? oh, I, I so. would have murdered the silly string bandit. Not a fan of silly string. No, huh? I probably would have been the, this, been the silly string This dude who's bandit. like spraying at people's faces and shit, I would have killed this guy. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten in people's faces, but... That's probably because I can't reach them too, to be honest. So I love this yeah. move where Mike Dexter has to come try to like talk to his boys about why they haven't like done their girlfriends yet. And he has to like kind of like yeah, get in a again. groove and like kind of dance into the scene you know, to like get behind his buddy. <laughs> because they're straight up grinding yeah. like the whole oh my leg God. up full grinding. John Patrick Thomas is 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 jeans away from penetration <laughs> on his girl. But yeah, just, like oh, he's yeah. almost inside of her. The way he has to dance into yeah. the scene is hilarious. I've seen that in clubs before. Mm-hmm. It's disturbing. Oh yeah, just dancing his way in there. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> they really want to go to that Pearl Jam concert that's in August. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna do it after that. As they're grinding the tone look. Uh is this the part two where where Mike Dexter is like shot completely like one half of his face and like film noir silhouette? Because apparently Peter Facinelli got like punched in the face by his child. Oh so yeah, like, kind of is. Yeah. Oh, his cornea is all fucked up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh shit. <laughs> storms oh, off and funny. flips them off and they're just like looking back at their yeah. girls grinding on each other and they're like eh oh well okay. sorry Mike yeah. <laughs> last commentary card 
the direction given to the two actresses there was the uh, um, uh, Deborah said, uh, you two are actually into each other and the boyfriends are just beards, which is why they're like all <laughs> over each other. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. So cousin Ron plays the piano. This guy. Oh my God. He's so sleazy. This fucking guy. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. And again, I think it might, if he'd worn a different shirt, um, maybe I wouldn't have immediately seen, seen the creepiness. But, um, I somehow find him to be worse than Mike Dexter. I would say so. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he's hitting on his fucking cousin. Yeah. And he's, yeah. and he's doing it under this guise of like, Hey, I'm just nice guy. I'm here to hear you out as a friend slash cousin. And then I'm going to like and make family. a family. Like yeah. he's the one that brings up that they're family. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. What, what, are you, what are you anticipating at this family reunion guy? Uh, sex, apparently. With, uh, uh, apparently. Yeah, makeup relatives. sex. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I think the, uh, the, the, and then we kind the of, title card for him was like he went to prison or something like that. Nice. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. I can totally see that. Um, yeah, and then we finally get um, some of Amanda's perspective mm-hmm. for the first well, time. The, she makes a comment how she's like, nobody knows me as anything other than Mike's girlfriend. And it's almost as if there's like this meta moment where the script is like, hey, yeah, what if we humanized her a little bit? <laughs> yeah. And I would just really have loved to have seen, you know, an alternate version of this where, you know, maybe she and um, uh, Preston get together later, not like immediately you know, maybe when he isn't as obsessed with her, maybe when she has more time to actually like figure out, because, you know, apparently their title card, it says they're still together. So she's not single since she was 14. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would have loved that arc for her, but alas, because then she just, I think, you know, goes to being um, Preston's girlfriend. Well, yeah, kind it's of, like uh, a girl, unfortunately, who's defined by men. I mean, she does hold her own in some, in some spots, but um, I feel like, you know, her whole thing is defined by men and that kind of sucks. Yeah. She's like, Congrats. I was 20, I was single for 24 hours. Yay me. I mean, like, honestly, yeah. it, it, the, the, the thing at the train station, he's like, you know what? I can catch a later train. She's like, cool coffee. This is just coffee. <laughs> I'm not I mean, committing it, to like it's, marriage. It's the end of a movie. You can't just say coffee, you know, eh. but uh, yeah, the, um, you get the scene where uh, he's uh, Preston's kind of pouring his heart out talking about how, you know, he just needs this one chance. It's like this long monologue he gives. And then we see where he's talking to the uh, foreign exchange guy. Would you like to touch my penis? I am a sex machine. Sex but machine. Like, but I do like Downs his, uh, his whole playing. speech. Yeah. Farther down is like playing. It's like I, the love I really theme. do like his monologue, though. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's, Sorry, he's likable. Yeah. I mean. He really is. um, I've been watching him on um, Grace and Frankie. I've been watching that recently and still kind of has that, that same energy, like even in his forties, that very like boyish, vulnerable charm. um, Just losing his hair. Well, he already had a receding hairline, even in this movie. Yeah. You can can see it going already. Jude Law's Law's hair. Yeah, I think it's because he had it shorter, like in Empire Records, it was, you know, it was curlier and it was out more, which I think kind of hid the, um, I like to call them cul-de-sacs, mm-hmm. uh, kind of hid those cul-de-sacs a bit. And so, or, um, but 
yeah. And then he had it short and you're like, oh, okay. And I think that might've been why he looks so much older as well. I mean, mm. he has, you know, not as much of a baby face as he does in Empire Records, but I think part of it's the hair. Like, oh, okay. You know, what yeah. quite a man. Like I know after this, he went and he was in like two years of a, like a Dragnet reboot with like Ed O'Neill. It's like, that's not what I want from you, Ethan Embry. That's not remotely what I want from you. Um, I don't want to see you play a cop. Are you, are you insane? Um, yeah, so Cantonese stuck in the bathroom. I mean, again, I still like this guy. He says some super mad honey is just dying to have sex with him. And I yeah. laugh at that, but I'm like, okay, I still like you for some reason. He tries to break the door down. Yeah. <laughs> I think they add in those moments of like the physical, you know, kind of slapstick comedy to, again, make all his other stuff seem less um, less shitty. You know, I don't know. I find that endearing anyway. He needs to be, he needs to be harmless, you know, like not like a predator. Cause he doesn't come across as a predator. He's mm. almost like, um, like, almost like an annoying gnat instead of so like a mosquito. He's like a like wily coyote. You. He you know wouldn't know I mean? know what to do if he caught the road runner type of thing. He's, he's a good natured, <laughs> harmless little pervert. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of us out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but you know, the levels of perversion, you know, there there are layers. It's not all bad. Yeah. One of the guys like that girl's dying to have sex with me and like cut to her getting back their boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> the mesh fucking shirt guy. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just gonna keep talking mm-hmm. about his outfit every time I can because I cannot get over it. Purple tank top. And then uh, uh, yeah, uh pressing running into the like the whipped cream guy. Carl. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to get freaky. <laughs> Who, funnily enough, did like a lot of serious movies after this, and he just has this one. There's a guy in the background that scene climbing a rope. (laughs) Yeah, where is he going? I know in climbing gear. Is he is he attached to a tree? (laughs) Girl, shut this party down. (laughs) Send these people home. Just like all the different, just all the different activities that they have. Like at one point, there's a guy who's doing like Olympic style gymnastics, like a a whole floor routine. There's a pillow fight. I would love to know if there was like an open bar on set or something like like to do these party (laughs) scenes where they're like, feel free to have a beer or two, you know, beforehand. Nice. God, I hope so. I'd have loved to have been an extra on this movie. It's just partying and dancing in the background. Like that would have been a lot of fun. Especially since like half of it's uh, an actual house, half of it's a set. I don't know. Like they both seem kind of crazy. Um, yeah, Amanda's still bitching the cousin Ron. Thanks for listening. The hair's He's, getting bigger. The hair's bigger. Like she knows she's in danger. Like the hair knows she's in danger. It's like Doctor Strange's cape. <laughs> yeah. It's like run. <laughs> um, he's rubbing her leg. This is only ever a creepy gesture <sighs> in movies. Oh shit. Sorry, my cat almost took the cord of the laptop right off the desk. Careful. Mine already knocked my mic off of the setup, so cats. Yeah, and then uh, Uh, Cousin Ron makes his move and just like smothers Amanda uh, just as Preston walks around the corner to go talk to her. And he's just like, uh, oh, my God, I can't believe it. She's with somebody else. I missed my chance. And and meanwhile, she's just like, this is disgusting. You're sick. You're my cousin. Yeah, she's like, we're laughing love, about like, this, but I just got sexually assaulted. <laughs> yeah, I love the part where he's like, "Oh shit, you're not going to tell my mom and dad, are you?" <laughs> Have fun at the family reunion. I mean, it's gross, but I thought it was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then so, Preston throws away his letter in the trash, which will get like 
dirtier and dirtier the farther it gets from the house mm-hmm. and as it gets closer to the house again it gets cleaner and cleaner <laughs> um, I, I really love that montage it comes back um mm. later but i love that montage of like just following the journey of it and it's yeah. the same song walking on the sun yeah it like, ends up on the like in the, the the two assholes with kenny are like remixing the gramophone or whatever turntables yeah Yeah, Uh, but i'm gonna i'm pretty sure that's not even the music that's playing either that's just like mm -hmm. you know not actually hooked up to anything they're just turning tables for you know for the hell of it yeah this scene with Um, uh with charlie corsmo and like this other dude i'm pretty sure like in the original cut he's stoned here but like they just can't show it and so mm -hmm. they're like having a stoner conversation oh he's definitely stoned Just, oh yeah, having those existential conversations. I've been there, and he's absolutely. I just, stunned. I love this one. Is just like, look at the stars, man. It's like that's God's salt, and God is just waiting to eat us. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Dexter wow. tries to get with some chicks, and they're like, "Oh yeah, remember when he called us skanks?" Oh my god, <laughs> Selma Blair, yeah. Selma Blair, baby Selma Blair. Which I love is you don't you don't need this scene at all. You just need the thing where he sits down and like the, the hard cut to like the girls like walking off. Yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. You don't even see them walking off. It's just empty next yeah. to him. He's like, okay, bye. See you later. And instead we get we, we cut to the nerds, like the one guy. I feel like this is a Napoleon Dynamite joke where the guy's just this like, joke oh. has been made a lot, yeah. Oh, I'm dating Chrissy Turlington. She's in a photo shoot in Fiji. My girlfriend oh. lives in Canada, she's a model, this- yeah. Yeah. I mean, this might have been one of the early jokes, though. Mm. Like, I know we've heard a lot by now, but in 1998, this was this is kind of new. I feel Be- like yeah. Because that time. the Internet existed enough for you to have like an email relationship, you know, by this point. Yeah. So by this and point, just, we were still I really calling like the it delivery the of it, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the dial up. I'll forget that dial up sound. AOL. Yeah. Yeah. Just the delivery of that though, I thought was really great. Like just really good comedic timing and delivery of that mm. whole thing. Yeah. Guess that's the price you pay for dating Chrissy Turlington. <laughs> um yeah, so the letter makes its way back inside. Like we have like Melissa Joan Hart like pulling your yearbook out of the trash. There's like I would not take my yearbook to a party personally. That's just me. Yeah. There's like I mean, this is also coming from a girl who is wearing a necklace with pens attached to it so she is again committed mm-hmm. she wants all 522 seniors to sign that yearbook and uh yeah every chance every, she gets every year of that yearbook somebody is making the crack joke i'm signing your crack i'm writing your crack whatever oh, i feel like this yeah. high school is just full of those jokers uh but yeah the, oh, the, absolutely the letter makes its way back inside via gum on someone's shoe. It's on a keg. It's swept away by a lax bro. It's on the, the turntable. It eventually lands in the pretzel bowl in front of Amanda. Oh, it's, great. it's Chex Mix. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's, Chex Mix. It's it, great. It but also, yes. It, it feels very serendipitous, you know, like the way it lands and kind of pans up to her there. Like, dun dun. Will she see yeah. it? Oh, it's a sign, but mm-hmm. Preston didn't see it. And I love how she looks everywhere, but in that fucking checks mix bowl. Um, real quick, there is a little moment um, before we see that where Preston is, he's driving away and he's listening to Love Hurts, which, <laughs> I mean, who hasn't yeah. listened to that when they've had their heart broken? And, um, but I love the part where it's on the radio and some guy requested it for his girlfriend. That is not a love song that you request to your significant <laughs> other unless you're in a really bad place. So the song goes out but to also hope remember from radio requests. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the radio All in radio general. Requests. Yeah. Oh my God. And like how involved you were with the radio. Mm-hmm. 
I really miss I, that. I don't like, think there I, are so, so many things sometimes that I really miss about the nineties, like no social media. I, I don't think I, I, ever, I spent time trying to be caller 10. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was saying, I don't think I ever actually got through on any of those radio con things. I tried many times. I never got in. I oh won. Oh my God. I had a friend. Twice. Okay. I won twice. There are one, people that are like that. I, Oh my God. One oh, was for a second edition to the dirty dancing soundtrack on vinyl. It was called More Dirty Dancing. And then the second time was for the Crow City of Angels soundtrack on CD. And I was like, I didn't know that was what the contest was. (laughs) Great. I sure do love this whole cover of Gold Dust Woman. (laughs) I feel like there are people, though. Like, I had this friend who she won more radio contests than I have probably even entered before. Like she just always was one of those people who would win those radio contests, even in, you know, the past like five, 10 years, it was Mm. nuts. Just, I feel like there are people that just have that. It's not even really a talent or a skill. It's just a a luck thing. I think, Mm -hmm. I don't know. The, the other radio thing that I would, my family would be involved with because I was very young at the time would be the, uh, Hey, we're going to be broadcasting from this, uh, car wash if you come down right the next hour we have tickets to this preview screening of some movie so i would oh i would get swag i saw captain ron that way i saw three ninjas that way i saw a lot of weird movies through those are classics though yeah the rookie the fan starring robert de niro yeah i saw some weird fucking movies man um i thought captain ron was great and the three ninjas love those movies they're great movies yeah um yeah, so upstairs bathroom, Dennis, Denise and Kenny are getting getting weird, getting serious. Um, his black scent, her being antisocial, um, the dispute about who stopped speaking to who back in sixth grade. Uh, yeah, I have a moment. She she was in all the smart classes, and then uh, he wanted to sit at the uh, trendy table in the cafeteria. But it's Never. like, how did that work out? Because it doesn't really seem like you're part of the in crowd, Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, some of the stuff he was wearing was probably expensive. Like, I know I don't ski, but I know that ski gear is expensive. So those goggles were probably pricey. Um, I know, you know, Jenko jeans, they they did have their moment. They were trendy there for a moment. Um, plus sneakers. Sneakers are, yeah. you know, just notorious, notoriously expensive, especially the ones that look um, space agey. Mm-hmm. So. Especially considering the news item that the news loved to report on is the one time a guy got killed for his sneakers. Like back in the 90s, we always had to hear about that. Yeah. And then they Uh, cut to press in here. This dialogue here says, what the hell happened? She's not supposed to be with somebody else. She's supposed to be with me. I mean, there's even a song on the radio. She has no choice. Yeah. Yeah. She has absolutely no choice in the matter. Because fate. I mean, that's even worse. It's just like fate has decreed it for him. Um, he's listening oh to Richard Marks. I love, and I love the radio. It's just like, yeah. Uh, by the way, buddy, we're only playing Barry Manilow because it's his fucking birthday. Well, I don't know why we're doing this oh, every you know, hour, but we're doing it. Yeah, every hour on the hour they play it. So this, what's funny is this movie came out June twelfth, nineteen ninety eight. Barry Manilow's birthday is June seventeenth. Uh, yep. So I think it was kind of, kind of planned that way. Yeah. Uh, but I love how he drives back to the high school to have this whole yeah, he's um, at the, inner dialogue the and everything. Football field to uh, really yeah. feel himself there. <laughs> Where he probably was watching her the most because she was a cheerleader. So he was probably um, pseudo stalking her a little bit there. Also, 
Um, not even remotely the same high school where they filmed the graduation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course not. <laughs> but yeah, like, but again, I just, I love that timing though of like, Oh, that song was definitely a sign. I haven't heard it in 10 years. By the way, we play this every hour on the, just the timing of that was so perfect. Well, like oh, what, I love it. what Fanilo radio station are you driving around to Preston? Jesus Christ. Right. Sold out, sold out concert something. in Tokyo. It's one of three mellow. Right. Oh yeah. One of three mellow. <laughs> But yeah, he's got a. I really miss uh, the um, the call letters for radio stations. I can still oh, remember the the some some of them for when we were in high school. Like I can remember KCZP. like the the very uncool ones, like Y ninety two. Yeah, the Y ninety two was cool. like the boomer station for sure. And then for us, it was quad. the cool one was yeah, quad K W O D, and then we call it quad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. yeah, we, we really had um. Stretched. Yeah, we there was one that we still have. It's a jazz station. And it's K Jazz, K J Z Z. Nice. Yeah. As opposed to K Jazz. Yeah. My... <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, it's jazz. Not. I wonder jazz. if there is a K J I Z. Like if that exists, <laughs> or if they're like, no, we can't do that. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope that there is, because I would listen to, and I hope it's just like like Deftones all the time. You know, I feel like all their songs sound just like sex songs like industrial you know? jazz or like yeah. um yeah or um who's the other al green um <laughs> deftones and al uh, green that's what you think is on the same playlist <laughs> if it's on cages maybe they're just trying like, to reach all we're going from all the jizz together to white pony nice <laughs> So, uh, so he finds out preston does about the uh the call-in show for barry manilow so he's got to go get to a payphone which is like is this at a school it looks like it's at like a car dealership or something or no it's It's at a drive-in it's at a it's near the it's it's a diner in and out yeah where mike dexter was with the boys okay yeah yeah so it's a diner and they also have a little drive-in area um with a payphone i just remember thinking that was so so cool it felt very 50s it's uh probably the closest thing would be like sonic now I guess. Or like yeah. people on roller skates yeah, come out a, and bring you shit. But a bigger Sonic. And speaking of fifties, I don't think I brought this up earlier. Um, in the scene in the flashback where there's the the teacher who asks who wants to take Amanda on the um, school tour, mm-hmm. that actress was in Greece. Did yeah. you guys oh, no, that? no, I did not. Because it's it's the Greece High School, I think. Hmm. Which is great. And I just I love that I saw her and I was like, oh my god, I know that face. Who was she like, um, Frenchie? No, oh. she wasn't Frenchie. She was, uh, she was the one that did the uh, the toothbrush commercial. Okay, okay. Brush them, brush them, brush them. Mm. Yeah, that one. That was her. So okay. Jenna Elfman shows up as the angel stripper. I. Uh, oh my god. I have nothing to say well, about Jenna b- Elfman. B- so. Before that happens, though, Amanda really? finally notices the uh, the letter and opens it up. Oh yeah. Reads a little bit, looks around, like what the fuck, and is like, hmm, I think I'll read more about this gushing letter to myself which so you guys didn't i was very curiously she's like somebody actually saw me as something other than mike dexter's girlfriend it's like he saw you as his girlfriend like that's not that much different and or better the object of his affection slash obsession yeah all right i feel like we should clear out here for uh, kayla to talk about jenna elfman dharma from dharma and greg sorry I was just curious. So did you guys not have the same take I did? I really loved her in this role. I thought she did great. Um, I really liked her character. 
I think she's kind of an asshole. Really? That's well, that's yeah, not my she's kind of an asshole. He's on but, the phone and um, she's like, fuck you. That's rude, but I also can understand where she's coming from. That's working a bad in, first you know, impression. Bartending for me. and serving like I did. Yeah, it's not great, but like I feel like her monologue later saves it. Well, and she's like I feel like she did such great acting in that monologue. She's like I've been and I just, low I don't key know, getting I, sexually I assaulted all night. About her, honestly. Sorry about you couldn't make yeah. called Mary Manilow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and from her perspective, she thinks that he's in love with a celebrity, and she's like, "Listen, bitch, I actually have some real world issues, like my car breaking down after being puked on, you know, and groped." Like, you know, I she could have waited. Yes, it was rude, but do I understand it? I yeah. I do not discredit the the trauma that she's dealt with potentially that whole night. That does not excuse whatever the wow. Fuck he's you're doing just so in in the tank for Preston. Like how dare she not, hang not, out that phone? Not not that much, but I'm just saying. Just it's not like a competition of who's had it worse. I think for it's, me, the the angel true, thing always threw me off. Like it, it almost seems like too cute that I it was like it. this angel would wander in in the background. You know, hmm. I loved it though. I just I don't know. I just loved everything about it. Um, I tell you what, though, I love her character. She's one of my favorites in the movie. <laughs> the Scott Bayo shit hits differently now. <laughs> it's hits way differently now. Really? Is there some Scott Bayer? He's, he's like a MAGA he's a, guy. He's a, yeah, he's a MAGA creep. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. I was kept waiting for her to... Also, I was frustrated because I completely forgot. I was like, stop talking about fucking like Joni Loves Chachi. Start talking about Charles in Charge. Because that was the show that I watched in the 80s. Oh, I hated that show so She much. does. She does mm-hmm. talk really? about Charles in Charge. Why did you hate Charles in Charge? I had a crush on the the one girl. That's why. I just... I hated... Charles, I hated his his like buddy who I think was named Buddy or oh, something, yeah. right? Like that guy yeah, just seemed like a weasel. Buddy. Yeah, I just didn't. Uh, yeah. It was like one of those reruns would come on and you watch it because there was nothing else to watch, but like you didn't enjoy it. It's funny. Up into the eighties, like the they were like, we still need the Eddie Haskell trope. Like we still need that guy and everything. Um, but yeah, super nineties when he walks away and realizes he's a loser, like feeder. <laughs> is playing like uh, that one hit wonder band. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean the, the image know. of I the just... angel smoking is that's something. Yeah. Honestly, that was something I, I admired <laughs> a lot at the time. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I just like how she, um, yes, it's rude. And it's not something that I would, that I would do personally. I would have waited for him to finish the phone call before, calling a cab and, and ending his phone call. But I do like that. She, you know, doesn't take any shit. And I do like how non-judgmental she is because she thinks in her mind that like he is in love with Barry Manilow <laughs> and is like, you know what, do your thing, especially in the nineties. Like that wasn't as, um, as common. I feel like, and she's like, you know what, do your thing. I don't think it's weird. Like if you want, if you want Barry also, Manilow, like you go after him. <laughs> dress like that. I, I can see it. it. Cute. Dress like that. He's a and fan I, of love. You know, I mean, you know, oh, so I will I will appease you both though. There was an an alternate ending where he ends up with her. Really? It's weird. Yeah, like like when oh. when Amanda does not like she shows up, but they do not get together, and he runs into the angel stripper at the uh, train station. Hmm, weird. I feel like she could teach him some some things. <laughs> Probably a lot of things might benefit him in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She could. She could yeah. uh, stop being an angel and start being a devil. Hello. I like the bit where the uh, the girl whose party house the party's at opens a fridge and just screams, and then like <laughs> as as she like runs away, like some one of the girls in the background opens yeah. it up and just starts like laughing about what whatever is inside I, of it. I, I want to know what was in there. Was it on the commentary? 
No. <laughs> God damn it! I have they, to. Know. They kept I'll alluding that there was definitely something, but like, the, yeah. And the in the DVD featurettes, the girl who's the host is like, "There's nothing in the fridge." Mm-hmm. Stop asking me at <sighs> well, parties. Just, I know. I'm just. Oh, I'm just thinking of like what they would put in a fridge. It's got to be a like, head. It's got to be Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Like, there's no other alternative. <laughs> What's in the fridge? Even What's come in out? the fucking fridge? <laughs> yeah, like uh, I'll be asking. Know, I'll be asking that eternally. It's a dumb joke, but that's it's a joke that works on me. We get uh, like speaking of other actors, Sarah Rue is like the environmental. Oh, I love nut, her. Who's like cutting up She's the in a uh, bunch of stuff? You're all yeah. sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Bah. <laughs> the way that Amanda just kind of like backs away from her, like, okay, never mind. Well, also because she has scissors that she is aggressively yeah. cutting with. I can see it. And like getting in Jennifer Love Hewitt's <laughs> face. Yeah. Let's put and a she, smile I on mean, face Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> and it seems like she may have had a crush on her herself. You know, like you didn't notice someone like a, you know, independent spirit like Preston or me. You know, yeah. she's she's the Low girl with, with the her. letter from uh, uh, Rules of Attraction. That's yeah, who Preston could have become real quick. Um, that's a weird movie. Uh, the oh, X-Files. such a good movie, though. Such a good movie. I have an appreciation of it. I don't know if I would call it good, though. I don't know. Were we just talking about Roger Avery a little while ago, James? I think we were. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is he is he still in jail? <laughs> Pretty sure he's out. Uh, oh, I didn't know about any of that, but I, I just um, I liked a little, a little bit of fucked up in my entertainment. So it's definitely uh, Vanderbeek's doing something after Dawson, and to ch- shake up his image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The X Files are playing out Empire. They lose their flashlights off the roof. Now they're scared God of the dark. <laughs> yeah, even though it's I feel not like they really just had dark. to have that in there. Yeah. for the the scene later to make sense mm-hmm. oh. yeah. then we get the little pep uh, talk yeah. from uh jenna elfman here i feel like she does great on this monologue personally it's not bad i mean i don't i don't you know as the actor i don't have a problem with especially the actor who comes in for one night apparently it's freezing and she's wearing a bikini and has to deliver this monologue she's she's a super pro um but yeah basically she's just setting up like the whole thing is about shooting your shot which he's going to go back and do. Fate is fate, but yeah, once you're there, it. you have to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which you know, it's, it's good advice. Whether fate <laughs> is or is not true, you still have to take action. The whole waiting around for shit. I, not a fan of that um, mentality. You get back on that phone and you call Barry Manilow. You tell him how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> Uh, but he gets back. He gets back in the car, and on the radio, Manilow is singing "I'm Ready to Take a Chance Again," which is yeah. Uh, I can't think of Barry Manilow without thinking of the Breakfast Club. Does Barry Manilow know you raided his wardrobe? <laughs> and we're back for more Love Burger love here. With yes. they've been feuding seemingly this entire party, which, like, I think they mentioned one time, it's like two a.m. Oh, yeah. or something. So, yeah. Donald Faison well, rips yeah. off the ruffles yes. off the freaking Meyer shirt. But I don't want to be a pirate. (laughs) And then we get headbanger dude that comes in. Oh, oh, it's Uh, so great. 
And that guy's been in stuff. He was in Miss Congeniality and uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That's so. the guy who's the 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 other voice at the beginning of like. The, oh, he is? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the one I was thinking of. Um, is that a Stegosaurus bong? I think it's supposed to be. Yeah, I think they just can't okay. really show it. Yeah, when they cut to Charlie there getting high with. I haven't the... smoked out of one of those before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, William cool. goes from from awkward nerd to like total thirst trap over the course of like two minutes of Paradise City. I mean, he gets groupies, cute groupies too. Veronica Lodge is, or I'm sorry, not Veronica Lodge, Hermione Lodge is yeah. a groupie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's who Marisol yeah, Nichols is. Yeah, that's pretty great. Okay, yeah, wow. Yeah. Because yeah, prior Lodge. to that, she's like got 30 seconds in Scream 2 is like her her claim oh. to fame that I know. Or I don't anyway. remember her in that, honestly. Is she like I one think, of the I feel like she just looks so different. Yeah, she's one of the girls in the Sarah Michelle oh. Geller sequence. Okay. Um, some girl flashes him like Drew Barrymore in Letterman's desk at one point. He faints. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, who hasn't flashed their boobs at a concert? That one happens. of the chicks does the thing referring to Williams Hogg. <laughs> <laughs> the two hands I, apart. I don't think I had noticed yeah, that's that. Hermione Lodge. I, I hadn't noticed that <laughs> oh until this watch. Yeah. Like, like she is indicating that he must clearly strap that thing down to his thigh <laughs> to like go out in public. Well, this but song was I like feel like that's so true. This song was like the perfect like it'd been just long enough that it felt kind of retro, but like yeah. not like seventies retro. Yeah, I mean it was like it was I mean, time for the like, song to have a comeback. The song that's like six years old or whatever. Yeah. Originally, it was supposed to be another song. I forget which one it was, but they weren't able to secure the rights, so they got the song instead. Hmm. But um, I just I feel like this is so true, though. Again, there's just something about. Um, musicians or you know dudes in a band that just draws them in you know um so i feel that's that's pretty true uh in the bathroom kenny has to pee um are we going to talk about him not washing his hands oh my god that's all i that's all i could think about i here's here's the only thing that make it better is if during the sex scene we actually see him putting his fingers in her mouth <laughs> oh. Better Just in her a, mouth than other places, though. Yeah, let's yeah. be fair. Yeah, uh. <laughs> no, that's bad. Yeah, anytime like someone goes to the bathroom in TV shows or movies and they just don't wash their hands because it, it's you know it's a production call or whatever, it's just like you know, just wash your fucking it's, it's hands. It's like when they oh, just, just walk so up gross. to the bar and say I'll have a beer, you know, or yeah, or yeah. when they just hang up the phone without saying goodbye. Yeah, yeah. There's so many like. Uh, if I really want to get nitpicky about it, there's a lot of that in here. Like the time doesn't work. Like for instance, William tells them to be ready at, you know, zero, zero 30 hours, which is what 1230. And, but you know, it's, it's 2 AM. So those guys have just been waiting there for out oh, anyway. Um, which yeah, has more I, about I them exactly than mean. him. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, they're just talking about nerd shit up there the whole time that keeps them occupied. And they're happy as pigs yeah. and shit doing it, which is the saddest thing. Um, on on yeah. this viewing, I, I do find Kenny and Denise somewhat annoying, but these actors clearly have huge amounts of chemistry. Um, they like they yeah. just make and this I f- work. And I find it kind of endearing, you know, um, like the moments that they do have, um, and the whole stuck in a bathroom thing. I, I feel like is it's a pretty great. It's an MTV undressed plot line, <laughs> is what it is, and that's why I love it. Um, oh God, love so, that show. <laughs> Apparently there were other takes for, I'm sorry, I'm playing a fourth commentary card. There was a, there's other takes for Denise Fleming as a tampon or like what she could have been in the, <laughs> the thing. 
but it was Lauren Ambrose who came forward and said, I have pale skin and red hair. It should be tampon. Oh, that's hilarious. What a pro. I love, I love that she's um, made the rumor that he was a dendrophile. Did you feel he likes to have sex with trees? Yeah. Sex with trees. Oh, that's great. Mm. But they just have these, you know, these heart to hearts. Um, there's a makeout room in the basement or whatever, like where girls are like literally yeah. fighting over getting to hold his laser pointer in there. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. I still love how they say laser pointer, and Hermione Lodge totally gets um, pushed out by some other girl. Some random chick comes up and boxes her out. <laughs> Just makes her way in so there. The the trivia is the reason why is because when they filmed they filmed the whole sequence down there, mm-hmm. which. You have oh. to cut that movie because otherwise I don't give a shit about him and Mike Dexter. Was like this dude was the reason that like five girls trying to jump on his trampoline, but one of the girls didn't show up and they filmed that earlier. Oh, okay. So they needed to come up with a reason why this other girl wasn't there. But yeah, it's like five girls who want to bounce on him like a trampoline. I don't give a shit about Mike Dexter, man. Seriously. My revenge goes out the window the moment Although, I get it wet. To be fair, he does kind of stop caring, and then it's just like the, the other nerds who jump him at the end. Yeah. And then he thinks they're going to be but friends it's almost, the next day. It's like, it's like the last moment though, instead of like his whole thing should have been realizing like there is much more to life and there, you know, than this grudge against Mike Dexter and, and still at the very end or, you know, and up until the very end, like when he, uh, I know this is coming up later, but when he gets, um, you know, gets him Rejected. alone in the room and Mike Dexter's crying on him and you know, all that, that whole thing, he's still trying to get him out there to the pool house. Like he still has this vendetta. It's like, dude, there's so much more out there, you know, um, you potentially really just cool and lost have a great life without... in a threesome. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, where do you go from there <laughs> now? Let's, I mean, I, this is, we've been doing this for like two and a half hours, but like, let's strap in because Mike Dexter is about to get visited by the ghost of Christmas. Awesome. <laughs> oh, Jim sure. McNeely. Oh, so great. Yes. Uh, yeah. The ghost of a baby. Christmas future. <laughs> that frat Worst sandals out. in the shower. <laughs> yes. He has warts all over his feet. That's like my favorite, like parting line. Just, you know, wear rubber shoes in the shower. I got warts mm. all over my feet and he's wearing shoes with no socks. Gross. Of course he is. Oh, oh, it's so great. He plays such a great role. It, it almost reminds me of his uh, his character in Scream Two, just like that frat bro. I feel like he just came in for this part, and he was uncredited in this too. There's a lot of uncredited sure. people in this. Yeah, yeah. Even this Jenna is, Elfman was uncredited. This is the McConaughey player. of this movie. <laughs> oh my god! Right, but like a, a real one instead of just you know going after yeah. high school girls. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to hit it with college chicks, but uh, not good enough. <laughs> they all want to date older guys, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or pre med guys. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. college girls are different, bro. They're serious and shit. <laughs> Economological stuff is what they're yeah. into. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and guys like us for a dime a dozen. You know he's a class act. Trip McNeely tosses out things like, "Hey, that Amanda chick was a prize piece." <laughs> oh, gross. Oh, and that he's like and carrying that's probably why he's pack. not getting laid by college chicks yeah. he's oh carrying God, the whole yeah. six pack with him it's like cr- classic drunk guy move oh, <laughs> because he's totally the guy who is in college going to a fucking high school party mm-hmm. he's he's about to wander just a little bit further off of this movie and into pll where he's going to clean up <laughs> My God, I would have loved to have seen him on, P- on uh, PLL. 
He's going to start dating Melissa Hastings and just Part of the secret go to society. town. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Delta Iota Kappa is the uh, original um, NAT club. <laughs> and then there's a guy of Muppet hair who's like chilling with little baby Jason Siegel, who is again, just eating out this slice of watermelon. Uh, this guy, he I don't is, know. This guy is, he is tongue fucking that watermelon hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, and apparently like he was like sculpting with his mouth that thing so that he could then further enjoy tongue fucking it uh to the point where it's like he showed the director at one point and he was like okay cool i need you to like angle it so i never see this on camera (laughs) oh they're Um, they're completely unhelpful as to uh giving amanda any information on who this preston is sort of tall with hair wears t-shirts sometimes it's brown, but not really brown. Just, yeah, the most vague description. But I do love how at the end they um, they hype up um, Velma from Scooby-Doo. Which is... She was a hip, hip lady. Which is like a direct reference to Days and Confused, because I think they're saying the same thing about... Martha Washington. Martha Washington, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in the party, Mike Dexter is pushing people around like a drunk jock in a tea shop. Um, finds Amanda, marches over, tries to kiss her. You know this dude's breath is ripe as fuck. Also, Amanda drinking water the whole night. Yep, because she's a good girl. Yeah, which her head about her. Her cousin, you see how he is kind of smart of her to keep her keep her head about her. I think in this movie, this this is yeah. All the other dudes that come after. um, This is a party full of vipers. Um. Yeah, I love how everyone. Yeah, I love how everyone just forms around to watch this uh, Wild West showdown. Oh, it's so good. yeah she holds her own she tells them off well, she's no longer just you know just his girlfriend who was the legend at the party who turned off the music so everyone could just stop and listen as they had this <laughs> showdown and watch him getting shot down amanda yeah <laughs> oh yeah he really got me there and, and oh it's so good she just shuts his shit shuts his shit down it's great uh, I mean, he's he's bringing his best. He's like, who's going to want you now? And she's like, somebody, she says wistfully. She holds him down. He's like, uh, more like nobody. <laughs> Burn. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, I love the, uh, the uh, remember the time, guys. Remember the time we danced to the sock hop? Well, I never told you at the time, but I had this huge boner. <laughs> she's just like, oh, the last God. Thing you want to hear from yeah. like seemingly, seemingly wholesome mm-hmm. reminiscing guy. But yeah, so then William oh, yeah, has just bad. come out of his own love burger is like, my revenge is on. Yes. Um, but he looks like he actually feels sorry for for Mike in that. Um, well, I think what's what's interesting about this, though, is that Mike Dexter's played as kind of this like aloof, you know, Godzilla of bullies. And it's like he actually knows the shit he specifically did to this dude. Yeah, he, he remembers. Oh yeah. Also, quite frankly, yeah. the stuff that he takes the fall for with the police would get him arrested for being a predator. <laughs> yeah, true. Like yeah, he's but he's basically admitting time. to like having kidnapping this dude, stripping him naked, and trying to assault him. But if he wasn't the you know the jock that he was and had the reputation he was in a seemingly kind of small town, probably would have gotten more mm. more punishment. Plus, I feel like it was the 90s and more stuff could fly. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, so so we get the first Preston and Amanda scene. 
where she doesn't know who he is. And I kind of love her line reading of, why don't you just go off and get yourself a goddamn life, you asshole? Yeah, she really holds her on there too. And I love it. And just, you know, she calls him out for holding on to this, this moment that he created in his own mind that he's been holding on to for four years and obsessing over. She absolutely called him on his shit. And I love that. that What's great is that she doesn't know this is Preston. Only he has the worst timing. Yeah. But everything she is saying is like deadly accurate to Preston, Mm -hmm. which I think is a weird dichotomy of the movie. Um, as she storms off and everyone's like laughing at him for getting like torn a new one by her the one dude is like thanks man that's the funniest thing I've seen all night and it's like is it the funniest thing you've seen all night because yeah. one dude is like have you not been climbing. watching the band yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the band never managed you- to play a single song <laughs> Honestly, like that's some of my favorite stuff in the entire movie. And um, just before this, there's some guy outside. They're just really quick outside shot of some guy doing like advanced gymnastics. He does a backflip. I'm pretty sure he does um, at, least, at least a half, if not a full. Um, it's yeah, it's amazing. I'm like, Jesus, like Olympic style gymnastics, rock, you know, or, um, rope climbing with the gear, all kinds of shit's also, happening at this party. They really try to manage and fit every single. Yeah. Um, archetype in there when preston is like he's hurrying down the stairs outside to like to profess his love he totally like bumps into some guy who spills his shot like all over his date <laughs> oh yeah it's great and he gets like you know i think it was a guy too with like beer just getting it all up in his face and his shirt it was, and it has, it's great. like this very rom-com moment where it's like he's he's going to give the big speech at the airport or something like that, you know, at the end of the rom-com, except he just completely crashes and burns. Cause it's like, dude, <laughs> you didn't realize it, but this is the worst possible time. You could have yeah. done this. She just got well, like Muppet an hair, avalanche of yeah. dudes coming after her. Yeah. Muppet hair just told her she's a mm-hmm. hottie, but yeah, like I, there's, there's a lot of like just visual details, either from things purposely for those moments, like the guy bumping the, the drink or like just the, the excised moments from the R rated cut. That's it's almost like the REM imitation of life video where it's like you could just zoom in on so many weird other stories that are happening, like whatever the hell Amber Benson's up to. Um yeah, one of the guys on the, the X Files are sleeping on the, the pool house roof. One is having a nightmare about probes. Yeah, what is his no line? Daddy. Don't stick that it's probe there, daddy. daddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Um Mike and William hug to I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men. Oh, yeah. Gotta hug it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's um, that's very uh, non-hetero <laughs> energy there, I feel like. Uh, Denise and Kenny are singing along the new kids. Oh, um, yeah. She has a little face mask, or eye mask on. And he's singing was that also like, in his pleasure uh, chest, or is that just in the bathroom? I think it's just in the bathroom. Okay. Wait, you think New Kids is in the bathroom? No, the the face mask that she has. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that's 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 a bathroom object for sure. What would be the purpose of a chilled face mask for sex? I don't know. I mean, it's, well, it's not I mean, for sex. No, I know, but like, they, I could see Kenny having one in his thing though. Like, it wouldn't it wouldn't be completely out of left field for him to have one of those for some reason. If he's just Maybe like, he's just really focused on her. Like, girl, let's let's depuff those mm-hmm. under eyes for you. Or he's just like, let's do an eyes wide shut in this this mother. Um, <laughs> just in case uh, he ends up at a, a like a, a sex a party. Yeah. <laughs> Fidelio, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, 
Which it cracked me up though that the roughly around this time the CGI asses or whatever in Eyes Wide Shut looked better than that CGI balloon earlier in this movie. That you can see like just this blurriness and like in parts of the shots, like they just did their best. So they start making out the three eleven, which I've been there. Um, I like the like he gives her like this kind of quick peck on the cheek, and they just like both kind of sit there, and it's like. We're going to wait to see how, how she reacts to that. And she's kind of like considering it and smiles a little. And it's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're trapped in this bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, may as well. They have all this then, history. I think it's cute. And then you find out why Melissa Joan Hart's been in this movie this whole time. So that, that Amanda can finally look up Preston's picture in the yearbook. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got to say the layout of this yearbook with like the checker box, like pictures and text next to it. That's hideous. As a former yeah. yearbook editor, it makes me want to vomit. Mm-hmm. Um, Preston's driving around to the same Dire Straits song that he's dancing yes. around to in Empire Records. Yeah. And he tries to assault that girl. <laughs> yeah, the ballerina girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, in the Marie Antoinette room, I don't know why this line cracks me up. It's like what they say about women in trolley cars. There's plenty of them in the sea. <laughs> yeah, he just went for the wrong metaphor there. <laughs> uh, they're like drinking the family's brandy or whatever. <laughs> oh, I Play feel like that's piano. some serious scotch. That's like maybe hazing serious scotch. Maybe. Um, uh, then, then, like, yeah. So Mike Dexter's like drunkenly apologizing for his crimes, and William forgives him. He's like, "When was that anyway? Uh, that was this morning at graduation." <laughs> morning, graduation. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly timed. Yeah, his valedictorian speech. You fucking tripped him. Like, I love how that didn't even make the cut on his revenge list. <laughs> right. Right. It was fresh. <laughs> It was all past, yeah. <laughs> it's all past stuff until that. Then Love Burgers deciding on a reunion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even though they haven't had like an official first show just, or anything. I, I'm the just guy, glad that he still gets to wear the cowboy hat in the reunion. Yeah. The guy who sells oh, yeah. it though, he's perfect just for like he's like, nothing flashy, just some of the old songs. <laughs> <laughs> With, you know, just, yeah, just a few new ones, but like mostly old stuff. Oh, it's so great. Uh, um, the racism record scratch. Yeah. <sighs> the Kenny's two friends think they have the N-word pass. They do not. No. No. <laughs> just and, trying, to, trying to pull a Tarantino at this party. Uh, yeah. And they, of course, go after him. And I really wish we would have gotten a scene of them just, just being the shit, shit out, out of yeah. those guys. Those guys really seem yeah. like they sucked. They really really did i mean those guys are probably both in jail i know we don't get their closing mm-hmm. closing titles but they probably end up in jail uh, as well yeah they marched on the capitol on january 6th <laughs> if, if they, they made yeah, it that I don't, far if they weren't uh yeah <laughs> if they weren't dead or incarcerated i, I at that feel time. like meth and prisoner <laughs> in their future yeah american meth too <laughs> yeah. not that fancy oh, mexican yeah. meth <laughs> No, homemade. Yeah, homegrown <laughs> Montana. America. Meth. We can't yeah. make our own meth yeah. anymore. U.S. of A. Meth. <laughs> so you know it'll kill you good. Um, yeah. So so Kenny and Denise are about to do it. You know, they had the talk, or he's like, he's never done this before. She's done it once. Um, the cops. I find this are- all very cute, and I relate a little bit. I I didn't um, I didn't lose it in a bathroom, but it was on a on a carpeted bedroom floor not even a bed just bedroom floor so i can um i can relate but it's cute at least did you ever wonder why you just didn't make the trip to the bed there was no bed you work work with what you have 
Okay, cool. Yeah, it was, it was there. You're like, fine, this will be my dojo. Whatever. I was drunk enough. It worked. <laughs> uh, the cops show up right as Love Burger was about to oh play. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. They don't even get to play their first song. They, they do it. the countdown and then bam, they have to get out of there. Oh, it's uh, so great. I mean, this movie is great. Like, the only thing this movie is missing is like Harvey Danger, honestly. Like, <laughs> it's so 90s. Um, does he, yeah, so does this, William start playing chopsticks when he says the cops? Like, is that. I was going to say. This is a moment. I couldn't that, figure out uh, what he was playing. Yeah. This is a moment where secretly, this is where where James and I bonded once because I was so pleased that he was the only other person who noticed that William plays that for half a second <laughs> on the the thing when somebody else, the cops are coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, what does no, he the, play though? I, I, I I'm not sure if it's chopsticks or something else, but he says the I cops, and then he starts playing. He goes, "No, the cops." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like this old timey chase music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it's so great. I don't think it's chopsticks because I actually know how to play mm. that, but um, I think it's something else. Oh, yeah, it's so not great. anything that uh, Robert Loggi and Tom Hanks have danced <laughs> to on a giant a giant keyboard. Um, <laughs> Blink-182 is playing in the frenzy here. Uh, yes. Knife Guy, who clearly has had issues with Beth, ditches her at the party. She's just asleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. not going to Pearl Jam in August. <laughs> She's she gonna might, find. She might come out of that unscathed. Yeah. No, she's gonna find. Wait for it. A better man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. But when they're when they're all oh, scrambling away uh, from the cops, what, what dude like rappels down the mount the, the rope climber? He just like <laughs> rappels down outside. <laughs> I have a um a little tangent story. I know. This, go for this it. podcast is full of them, but so I was at a party in high school. I didn't party that much in high school, but I was at one. Um, I wasn't even drinking. I had gone to um, California and back that day, just like a, a 24 hour turnaround trip pretty much. And I uh, got to this house party. Cops get there and uh, everybody decides to go out back. I was already out there, you know, just, just smoking a cigarette, hanging out. But I see this like wall of people and they're just kind of like hiding behind the house, you know, waiting for the the host to deal with the cops or whatever as soon as word got out that the cops had gotten inside the house, I shit you not, everybody that was like piled together, they were in a back room. They opened the door. I'm sorry. They opened the window to the the backyard and they file out and they build a human wall, like world war Z style where they're like climbing on top of each other to like get over the cinder block fence, probably into the neighbor's yard to, you know, jump yards and everything. And these are like eight, nine foot cinder block walls have fun doing that, but they, they do it, whatever. And the cops ended up being so cool. I just, I just walked out the front door. Like are you driving? I'm like, yeah, but I haven't drank. So peace. It was just, it was so funny. Nice. I saw an actual human wall <laughs> happen. And so every time they like disperse from this party, it reminds me of that. Cause they're all freaking out, but like the cops don't seem that concerned about um, arresting people. So no, it's, they're just there to make a ruckus. They're going to like they're going to take the easiest slim pickings, which is the guy, the two guys who are naked with hostess pastries on their nips. God, and like, right? clearly like in some kind of weird sex act. And like, they just need like whatever the lowest hanging fruit is. I just remember I had a total oh, yeah. like a uh, madman moment once at a party. Like, I think I was like back in town cause I'd been living in San Diego at the time. And like me and my friends were like, or my friend, uh, we went to some Halloween party. I'm not even sure why we were there. Like he took us, there and like we're definitely the oldest people there in our mid-20s is all like 19 to 20 year olds you know 
and like Steve, yeah, Steve. And the cops show up and they're like all hiding and like turning out the lights. Like, oh, we, cops can't come in here. And I was like, why? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, because they got booze. And they're like, don't go out there, man. I'm like, you can't go out there. I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's great. Um, Only Steve would take you to that party. Oh yeah, it was like it was immediately like, what the fuck are we doing here? These people are all 19, which might as well be like 14. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that, that scene where the X-Files carry out the plan on Mike and William, I, um, did a lot of screen grabs <laughs> and I got, uh, a list of all the stuff that was Please. on or around them. So there's those a stocking, those, um, there are snowballs. What are they? No, like the snowballs. Thank you. Snowballs. Yeah. snowballs. I couldn't remember the, the hostess. Would you take some fight out of at one point? There's yeah. a glove lube. Oh yeah, and puts it back because you really needed that bite out, I guess. Um, there's a glove, lube, a plastic squid, chains, multiple, a magnifying glass, which I think was a great touch, an exfoliating glove. I've had those before. A ping, ping pong, pong paddle, paddle. <laughs> a bottle of aspirin, cologne bottle, like an empty cologne bottle, that white one, mm-hmm. um, a whisk, a caboodle, and a rope. <laughs> That was all I caught, I, but I'm pretty overkill. sure I caught everything. I really wonder if the, uh, the, gl- the glove and the uh, paddle is like a precursor to like those Archer jokes about him with like the, <laughs> the dishwashing glove and the ping pong paddle. Which just... That is not date- a dishwashing glove, by the way, though. That is a skin exfoliating oh. glove. Dating so this podcast. that sounds rough. R.I.P. Jessica Walters. Yeah. Holy shit. I know. What a fucking Ugh. loss. Yeah. She never, she, I, she never missed. If something wasn't funny, it was a bad script. I just want to point that out. Yeah. Um, and and it does seem like she, um, at least from like younger actors that she would, that she would talk to or, or sort of mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was one, I'm blanking her name right now. I can look it up, but I saw on, I think it was Twitter where she had mentioned, she just had like a little bit part on a show where Jessica Walter uh, was on there. And um, she had asked what like her, you know, what her character was supposed to look like. She's like, oh, you know, I don't think she needs much like minimal makeup and and casual dress or whatever. And Jessica Walter's like, no, anytime someone asks you that, you say like fabulous or or something to that effect. And it's just, you know, it just seemed um, seemed very cool and very fitting for who I imagined her to be in real life. So my my favorite quote about her, again, another tangent, uh, uh, when she was in the 90210 reboot. Oh, really? And okay. someone asked her, what's the difference between the character you're playing in this and uh, Lucille Bluth? And she said, Lucille Bluth drinks scotch and this character drinks vodka. Nice. <laughs> um, also, they put a stocking over one of their heads, mm-hmm. which I'm not going yeah. to make a joke about it. But in the 80s and 90s, that was like universal code for rapists. Because like in movies and TV shows, they always wear stockings right. on their yeah, heads at their that. uniform. Or robber, or, or like yeah. a you know mugger. Bank robber, but, but mostly, really one. but mostly it was like something. It was like a mugger. That we can't yeah. Really, yeah, we can't really talk about on TV. Is going to be implied here. Um, yeah, so this was always their the plan, though. Assault in any way yeah. we can. This was always the plan. I don't think William meant to get caught in his trap, but this was the plan. So they had all that stuff. They had to have had some knowledge of things to bring, like a ping pong paddle. That's pretty creative, Mm -hmm. especially for somewhat, you know, geeky virgins that are. Especially um, since they're not using the the ping pong paddle that you think they're using the other part. Right. 
Yeah. Right? But I mean, exfoliating gloves. I feel like they just went through, like with the bottle of aspirin, the empty cologne bottle. I feel like they just went in a bathroom or like, let's just grab whatever's going to look good. But the plastic squid gets me like, is that doesn't seem very comfortable. It's the um, evil pleasure chest is what it wouldn't is. Wouldn't the yeah. cops be a little curious? Like the magnifying glass. Like what, that's, that's just why funny. is there a bottle of chloroform with like a skull and crossbones next to them? Are they just like, what exists yeah. exactly? And should yeah. we arrest someone? Which again, not to I'm nitpick, just saying, but, it's, but it's not the right color. Pretty big of it's you colorless. to fall on, fall on this sword, Mike Dexter, but uh, you're going to jail for a long time, my friend. <laughs> well, it cuts from that uh, anti-pleasure chest, the real one that's been ransacked. They've even lit in the love yeah. candle here. Yeah. Oh, uh, Sherman yeah, stole a cop did. car. <laughs> yeah. Silly string, Silly string Bandit hits a cop in the face. The four cops find William and Mike oh, Dexter. That's great. Including Poppy from <gasps> Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, and then immediately after sex here these two start arguing and he's basically just like like she's like well it gets better and he's like what oh it's your fault it wasn't good and it's like ooh, not a good time to nag yeah okay and then he's, he slips back into his um his uh wannabe white boy um vernacular this is a line that i have misheard for 20 years oh, yeah. i thought it was look baby it ain't your fault you like the flavor you lack the flavor. Oh, it's you lack, lack the, the flavor. flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one uh, one thing I think we skipped over is when the cops find William and Mike. They say Jesus cribs. <laughs> just another PG thirteen change. I just had to point out. Yeah, it, it reminds me of like when you watch um, an R rated movie on like TBS or something like that, where they uh, they hilariously change the the cursing. <laughs> Uh, this is what so happens when I, you find a stranger in the Alps. I I say I famously have a I have a T-shirt that says this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps because <laughs> I love that hour long version of Big Lebowski that can play on network TV. <laughs> um, yeah, so William wakes up in jail in a Love Burger shirt. <laughs> oh, be- before that though, uh, yeah. the girl whose house the party is at like comes in on these two just as yeah. her, she's like declared an asshole. She's like, "Fuck this guy," and she comes in there. Her hair oh, is God. just crazy. <laughs> you know? Oh, it's, I love the progression of like mm-hmm. her her costuming. You know, because at first, like she was dr- dressed the most fancy out of everybody. She yeah. had the nice sparkly dress. She had her hair in that that nineties updo that um i definitely had at one point in time um i think it was for a cruise though not mm-hmm. a uh, not a party but anyway so she was all dressed fancy and then by the end like i don't know if you if you see like when you see her um her posterior shot she has like it almost looks like pudding yeah. you know yeah, on yeah. her back like kind of what uh, william had mm-hmm. um yeah it's just her makeup's all um all running and yeah it's just so great just seeing like the progression of her and like again i i feel that energy i've had that energy she's just I like what, really you want to know what my problem is i'll tell you what my problem is <laughs> he just like runs away she wanted this party it's not like i think in 10 things i hate about you like funky winkerbinger whatever his name was was like not intending to throw a massive rager people just bogey lowenstein mm-hmm. bogey lowenstein thank you um, I love that. That's not forget. No, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I thought it was funky. Sounds vaguely being. Jewish. Sounds vaguely Jewish too. So I, I, I tune into that. Okay, nice. Um, but yeah, she, she was like greeting people at the door. Like she wanted this party. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. This oh. time, Poppy's line made me made me laugh. For the better lay off that alcohol, your life will go down the crapper. Unless that's what you're going for. 
<laughs> I know that cop is like way too chill. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I've also encountered those those chill cops. Like at that party I was talking about, they're like, you have a ride home? I'm like, no, I haven't been drinking. They're just like, okay, bye. <laughs> I always think about the slime community when Annie's like really worried about the persona to go with her fake ID. And Britta has to be oh, like, yeah. Annie, we're hot girls. We're good for business. <laughs> <laughs> and then Britta gets carded. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is the thing, oh. though. This is where it really hits me, though, with Amanda's line. When she's throwing away the pictures of Mike Dexter around the mirror, I don't get why mm-hmm. they were together for four years. He does not seem like a level of boyfriend adoration that you would put the pictures around the mirror. I think that was just I like her like identity, it wasn't though. Even about him. I mean, it's like... Yeah, it was just more about the inclusion. But still, at some point, over the course of four years... Whatever, it's a movie. But like, it's like, there's two things you like Mike Dexter doing. Flexing and nutting. And I don't feel like those are good enough for four years i don't know i feel like there well, were we, couples we only... at our high school that was just like that was their thing they're they're just together and and maybe they were on and off mm-hmm. i mean i i've definitely known those couples that were mm-hmm. on and off through high school but everyone kind of knew them as like the iconic couples quote unquote so um maybe there was more of that plus we only really get to see her post breakup when maybe she wakes up from this fog that she was in yeah you know maybe it's just more of like going through the motions and you know you're such a young teenager at that time you're basically a kid you know um i mean her hair was probably a lot smaller when they first started dating yeah and the thing about her big hair is like she has such a great face and i feel like her big hair just makes it look so much smaller you know it's more about her hair than her face. I just I get that face in there. I don't know what the budget of this movie is, but like literally one tenth of it was hairspray. Million. One million was hairspray. <laughs> yeah, so it's the next morning. I have these people slept. Who knows? Well, Preston sleeps. Yeah, he Amanda's sleeps. at home. Um, um, the two guys were knocked out by chloroform, so you know they slept, but they must have horrible headaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but that's I mean, fun. You need some you need some breakfast food, man. That's what you need to yeah. do when you get out of jail is hang up your boys oh. and get some breakfast food at this Bob's Big Boy knockoff diner. The yeah. classic shot of Special K you. with the whipped cream on his nose. There was uh, a, a 24-hour Denny's right by a bar, like within walking distance of a, a pub that I used to go to for many, many years. So we would just, you know, the bar would close at 2. We'd usually hang out till like 3 or 4 after hours and we'd go right to Denny's and, you know, hang till sunrise and then go back to you know eat and then go back to bed mm-hmm. this was a day I, uh, I remember my body could handle that yeah <laughs> i i rage oh it. yeah not anymore <laughs> i rage at preston for not like paying attention to denise's like you know complaints earlier in the movie but uh his ragging on her relationship here is the perfect level because he's just like this is my my case number two for ethan Embry as a star are you two a couple now can i come to your wedding <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, but again, it's so endearing. And also it's Kenny fucking Fisher. Like it's hard to yeah. take that guy seriously. So I can see, I can see where he's coming from there. Also he's four and a half feet tall. I mean, come on. He's like sitting on a pillow in that diner booth. We know we it. get the, the good reaction from Preston here. And she's like, so you and Amanda, did you? And he's like, mm. <laughs> didn't go well. Yeah. And she's just like, should have been like, but, eh, I figured. And I know this is a really, really low bar, um, but it is a 90s movie. He's not as toxic as I've seen in other things. Like when we talked about Empire Records and how, 
pissed off what's his name got mm-hmm. because you know um Corey didn't like him back and at yeah. least he didn't do that again i know it's a low bar but mm-hmm. he's a little bit more redeemable in my eyes than um again i can't think of his character's that name actor but johnny whitworth is in this movie what's his face? aj yeah really mm-hmm. yeah he aj he has like Thank a you. like a tiny part in this movie Oh, nice. Who? Oh, uh, let me look it up. I, I saw it last night. I'll, I'll yeah. I would say, though, Kayla. I can't believe he, I didn't see that in my research. He does refer to this as his hero's trial. So. so oh, because he's such a writer. We need to just remind yeah. everybody a, that, yeah. that he's a writer. Voice work, apparently. He's credited as gum boy voice. So I don't know what that huh. is, but. Okay. Okay. Not Gumby, gum boy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so Preston and Denise have their goodbyes. Um, he's just like. She's like, I do believe there's such a thing as fate. I just think it works out in really fucked up ways sometimes. He's like, especially in your case. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's so true, though. Just best friends giving each other shit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, also, that felt very real to me. The, the, the Denise and Kenny relationship is that relationship which we can all calibrate our digs on. Like, if you're not good at making fun of people, this is the relationship where you can, like, take it up a notch. Yeah. Yeah. Really get in there. Mm-hmm. Just make them cry. It's it's okay. So William shows up. I feel like both of them can take it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 William shows up at the diner. He sees uh, Mike Dexter and his bros chatting it up. He thinks he can go like join in. Like, hey man, the way Mike Dexter is just like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing here? Also, fake members only jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Mike, the, uh, the he just perfect, had upside down glasses yeah. face. Well, the, the perfect Mike Dexter thing. Why don't you go home and watch Star Trek Urkel? It's not like he's wearing glasses. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes yeah, it so but he funny makes them anyway. And then we get the title card for William. He went on yeah, to Harvard get to uh, cards. invent a social network and become Mark Zuckerberg apparently. Uh, because it's a 90s movie and they can only value it as they see fit. His company's worth $40 million, I which I feel like is not that much. Yeah. <laughs> not that much now. A software no. company valued at $40 million. I mean, I don't know. If it was valued at $40 million in 2002, what's it valued at now? You know, if it's a successful company, it had to be That's billions. like Silicon Valley couch change, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like Peter yeah. Thiel gets involved. Um, get some... Uh, Three Degrees playing. This is like a not Three Dog Night. What's the uh, what's the other band? Not Third Eye Blind. There's like another Three Dog band on the soundtrack. Yeah, I Dogs Eye View. Dogs Sorry, I view. Dogs Eye Fucking Eye View. Um, and then Mike's at college. Mike drank too much, lost a scholarship. He's now forty pounds overweight. Fired from his job at the car wash after some incriminating Polaroids surfaced. Are they the ones from this night, or are they different Polaroids? Yeah. And would they really I have to know? Would they really fire you from a car wash? Because the ones from this night, in the nineties, they would. Yes, yeah. I, I, that's my thing. With, I agree with James. Like, wh- who would give a shit? I Homophobes. Know. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Homophobes would give a shit. That's I think fair. this is taking place in Pennsylvania. Not saying that only homophobes. That's where the. Um, They're so close to Rosewood. <laughs> director is. Yeah, I know. Uh, it was based on her her high school <laughs> in Arlington, Pennsylvania. Hmm. And we get the five minutes later, Denise dumped Kenny, and then ten minutes later, they found a bathroom and Britain got back together. Because they pass, they walk past makeout couple who apparently was a real couple, like they were in real life dating, and so this was mm. the greatest job of their life to make out on the set for twenty six days. Um, All right. Kenny's first words to her are, "Baby, you want some of this?" 
Sherman appears in the background a, of the shoplifting gumball machine. Oh my god! Yeah. So I just oh my god, I love it so much. And I guess she I'd had love- a better title card um, for her future that I wish they would have used, where she went to NYU but dropped out and ended up shooting magazine covers most recently for the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> yeah. Well, the original Amanda one is that she went to nursing school and they dropped it because they thought it was sad, which I think is kind <laughs> oh. of a funny critique. Um, wow. I love it. This actor, Chris Owen, he he's in this movie. His character has a name. I don't remember what it is. He plays Jordan, the infamous Jordan in the If You See Jordan music video for something corporate. Jordan being the podcaster. Jordan, you know, James. Yeah. Yeah. I went to college with that guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, I love that we're still calling him Shermanator <laughs> from American Pie. <laughs> I don't oh. even remember that character in that movie. I just remember that he was called Shermanator, and I've always grafted that name onto this role. Anyway, the train station. Yeah. Train station scene. I like this scene, even though I feel like the movie doesn't totally earn it. Like, I also no. go with it. It's got, a, like, a real, I don't know, like, before sunrise vibe to it. Like, I don't know. It works. That kind of- I feel like they have good chemistry mm-hmm. that, that makes it work as well. You you see it though, and it's very simple. It's uh, when he sees her, and he's so stunned, and she's holding the letter, and he says, "That's my letter," and she says, "I thought it was my letter." Mm-hmm. It's like that moment to that me seals the believability. Uh, yeah, yeah, starts playing. Her, her or, hair yeah, isn't quite as like crazy tease now. Like it feels a little more like just like she's just a fellow high school student type of thing. She's but in the back, this, it has a has yeah. a thing <laughs> happening. A thing in the back. James, <laughs> you saw very the much thing? a look. Uh, I don't know what you mean. Look, look to that direction for a moment. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's going to go see Kurt Vonnegut, which uh, Kurt Vonnegut's not going to get anywhere. He'll near be this drunk or this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poti week. Um, yeah. That I just want to mention real quick, her shirt that she had, like that had little angels on it. I feel like was everywhere. Like that was mm. very much a look at the time. What a weird look. She Probably said right back. Yeah. She says, maybe it's better this way. Maybe I should be single for a while or something. It's like, yes, <laughs> you should. Yeah. Yeah. Let's explore that. Continue with that arc. <laughs> so they just like shake but, hands and he's just like, okay. Stops once, stops twice, runs yeah, we'll back. See yeah. You can clearly see her mark. It jumps like, that little. Yeah. Her mark is like this super orange tape. Oh, her. really? That's uh, funny. Yeah. Oh, I didn't oh, see yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see it now. That's funny. Yeah, yeah jumps. It's, it's, it's very noticeable. <laughs> It's gone in the next shot, mm-hmm. but it's super noticeable. Um, yeah, so they, they, he's going to catch a later train. She wrote him a letter every day while he was gone. They're still what does together. that mean? Are they, like, if he went to college, did, did she write him letters for four years? Like, I think it was while he was gone on, on his thing with Kurt Vonnegut. Um, where's Dartmouth? I don't know. Somewhere in the East Coast. Oh. I, don't, I don't know my Ivy's very well. So I think they and me either. I think they mentioned um, he was going to Boston. I don't know if mm-hmm. it was for Dartmouth or if it was a separate, sorry, separate workshop. But um, mm-hmm. I, I, I assumed that it was she was writing him. <clears throat> excuse me, while he was away for the workshop, and then who knows after that? But apparently they're still together. So unfortunately, since you know most of her life has been molded around <laughs> men, maybe she just followed him to wherever he went. And uh, I mean, and did I get that. There- they're going for this fitting thing where it's like he wrote this super important letter so she's going to write him it's like the turnaround or whatever but i'm also thinking like if you've got nothing going on amanda go up for a week it's a train ride away you can't tell me there's anything better happening in this town your friends suck you're gonna run to mike dexter somewhere (laughs) yeah 
Mike Did Dexter, who planned to be decline. Yeah, Mike Dexter, who planned to be in a bar later that night, he said. Um, oh. yeah, yeah, see the slow decline of of your classmates, uh, the mm. townies. Anyway, I like the song that's playing at the end there, where they're kissing. Oh, it's so good. Only Yazoo. You. Yazoo yeah, in England, Yaz in America. Um, and mm. then we get the, the you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe mid-credits scene with the X-Files. Oh, it's so good. The nerds getting I like this. abducted. The beamed up. Yeah. yeah. Setting up uh, their future Disney Plus TV show. Can't Hardly Wait 2, Secret Invasion. And we got all the all Can't the Can't Wait photos. to get to the Secret Invasion. Nice. Oh. Yeah. I like uh, how they have like, the, whole, like the, the whole extended cast is in the photos. Including Jason Siegel and the watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way they do it, where it's like it's the the chorus plays. We get the mid credits scene, and then we start "Can't Hardly Wait" from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. Um, oh, if you say the very end of the movie, after all the credits have run, you'll hear Peter Facinelli yell, "I'll kick everyone's ass in this room." <laughs> it's like they knew <laughs> even then that they nailed it with that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's good. All right. Well, that was Can't Hardly Wait. If you could make one change in this movie, what would it be? Marco, you go Kayla. first. Oh, um, you know, a modern day cleanup a little bit. I uh, would be nice, but really, I don't know. I, I've lived this movie so long. I'm just very curious about the R-rated cut. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it would be good to see. And I feel like that stuff that would totally fly nowadays um, for a PG-13 movie. <laughs> so yeah. it's funny that it wasn't then. Mine, um, besides the the N-word and the F-word bombs, would probably be William's plan. Mm. Uh, just probably makes me the most uncomfortable just be I think just because there's there's so much of it and it it lingers for so long. It's not just like a like a one-off, like, you know, we, we hear the, the F word a couple of times or hear the N word once, which is not great, but I feel like that whole plan just carries on for so long. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just very uncomfortable. Um, so that's probably what I would change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think as Marco mentioned, there's, there's the uh, modern day glow up you could give it. I keep thinking there, there has to be some sort of tweaks you could make to Preston and his unrequited love to make it not quite so i don't know just that 90 90s sad boy you know she was mine you know and she's been taken from me vibe that it has to it i don't know i don't know what exactly that would be so it's not a very good make one change i guess but i don't know something something where she has more opportunities to kind of observe him without knowing who he is maybe and like see that she, more agency yeah kind of see that she might like him or maybe she witnesses him doing something not knowing that she's watching or something like that where it's like oh look he's actually a good guy you know or something like that honestly the the 10 episode netflix mm-hmm. reboot of this makes a lot of sense to me like mm-hmm. like have it start like the last week of school and like everyone's immediately talking about like oh shit not only are we graduating but like the big party. See, this is how I would do that. I would do it started on the first week of senior year. Mike Dexter just dumped Amanda, and like there's some sort of thing where it's like he makes a bet he has to finally ask her out before the end of the school year or something like that, and it just goes all the way till the end oh, of the so year. 90s. Yeah, hmm. and so then it's it's yeah, the- a little bit more like he feels as though he he must do this rather than this is just you know 
his fate, you know, like this girl is destined to be with him, you know, then it's more of like a, a thing where it's like, he feels like he's going to get shot down, but he's like, got to take a shot. Yeah. The, that very, very nineties ideal of, of the guy who is pining after a girl, mm-hmm. therefore he deserves her. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's her obligation to reciprocate that. Um, it's again, it's not as bad as other movies. Yes, it's uncomfortable, but it's not as bad as other movies, especially in this genre and of this time period. Um, like he doesn't, for instance, go off on her when she rejects him publicly. He just kind of takes his L and leaves. Um, but yeah, there's definitely more that could be, that could be done there and establishing more of a, a connection between the two instead of just this letter that we really don't get much of. It's, it's, which is good, though. The letter is almost an enigma of itself. The, the, there's no way that the the MacGuffin of a letter, you know, there's no writing that I think would make it yeah, yeah. perfect. It's, it's better in your mind. Even as through writing? <laughs> then it's even worse. Go falafel as through ice. <laughs> yeah. The first thing uh, Amanda ever like told oxygen. me was a lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah we know, know way too much of Ezra Fitz's writing. <laughs> <laughs> he's not or, a bad um, guy he's just too romantic mm-hmm. as Allison said or like uh, Jenny Schechter's writing from the L word just atrocious atrocious writing mm. yeah. all right yeah I mean I mean when he says like like give me a chance if you're interpreting that solely as I'm just letting you know I'm, I'm this guy who's here who's had this crush on you that's fine that's it's fine to say hey I have feelings for you yeah, I'm just glad he doesn't flip yeah. out on her or anything. Like, like you know, Amanda. Yeah, I mean, it could be so much worse. And yeah. I know that's a low bar that I'm setting, but comparatively, it there's there's a lot worse out there. Um, I don't know. Maybe Men. It's just because it's Ethan, Ethan That's face. a low bar. <laughs> it is a low bar. All right, yeah. well, what's your uh, yeah. best or worst piece of INDB trivia? Marco and oh, it has to be specifically IMDb. Oh, just whatever, any trivia. Yeah, Yeah. okay. (laughs) We're flexible. Uh, Marco, I know you had one that you wanted to talk about earlier involving Ethan Embry and his pot smoking. So I, I have a worst and I have a best. Mm -hmm. My worst is um, she, she Jennifer Love Hewitt or Love as everyone calls her gave him a teddy bear full of breath mints for their climatic kissing scene because he knew. He says that everyone knew that he spent his whole time smoking pot in his trailer, and she was not one percent interested in kissing him because she described him as a skunk-scented chimney. Um, so he gladly used oh. the breath mitts, yeah, to to not only smell better but to alleviate his cotton mouth. The trivia that I love is that apparently for like four years now, Jennifer Love Hewitt's been saying that she is going to write and direct a sequel to this movie set twenty-five years <laughs> later, and that sounds. Goddamn bananas, but I'm here for it. Oh, I am signing up for that. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. It sounds amazing. Yeah, I, I think all the major cast you could get back. None of them have like, you know, become like drug addicts or retired from acting or anything like that, you know. I just or gotten think, too big yeah. to to sign back up. As long as you're not like beholden by those title cards at the end, like the future forecast, sure. like I mean, Les Williams is just like, yeah, it turns out my company was only worth $40 million, so we tanked. <laughs> Relying on my supermodel girlfriend's money instead. Yeah. All right, so my trivia, um, just file this under worse. This is more just making fun of IMDb and how lame their trivia is. 
Uh, one of the trivia items is at one point, Denise says, don't look back. You should never look back. This is a quote from the Don Henley song, Boys of Summer, which was released in 1984. <laughs> That's just the dumbest fucking thing. That is clearly not a reference to a Don Henley song. No, it's reference to the kid who mm-hmm. runs into yeah. that, uh, that stationary object. Which th- wasn't That's there like great. a cover of that of that song right around this time too? There was. Yeah, uh, it was a little bit after. Some like, like some it was like a little punk bit rock after band. It was oh my god. <sighs> yeah, because they changed the band in there too. Oh shit! Because the, the, they changed to the Black Flag. Was it Atari's? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Because they changed yes. the Black Flag. Yes, yeah, it was yeah. the Atari's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, huge into that song at the time. <laughs> um. So I have quite a bit of, of trivia Go for it. on my, are you, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. So Lauren Ambrose, who plays Denise is an opera singer, which I think nice. is pretty awesome. Nice. Um, I think we already talked about this, but Charlie Corsmo, uh, he went to MIT, wanted to be an astronaut. So I think his little um, existential uh, conversation around the stars was pretty cool. The uh, and, real quick. Uh, so they saw a lot of they saw a lot of audition tapes for it. Uh, most people, you know, they were like, "Oh, I'm drinking a beer," and they would like pull out a soda or whatever. Apparently, Charlie Cosmos was the only one in which he drank an actual beer in his audition tape, and they were like, "This guy's too cool to be in our movie." Anyway, I love that. <laughs> um. So there was an article that I found. It's it was called um, "It's Their Party" by Stephen Smith for the LA Times. Um, so it was, uh, <clears throat> he was interviewing the, uh, the actors from the movie and, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt had just come off of the, of filming. I still know what you did last summer, the, the sequel and, um, okay. So quote quietly Hewitt begins talking about one of her co-stars on, I still know what you did last summer. I don't know what his problem was up and down my arms. I have bruises everywhere. He hit me across the face and he wasn't supposed to. I'm all swollen. He thought it would look quote unquote, really cool. So what I would like fuck? to know who that is, what the story behind that is. It's just kind of like in there and, you know, it says like, you know, co-stars commiserate or whatever, but I was a little bit hung up on that. I would like to know more about that. It's in the sequel I still know. Uh, where she's obviously in a fight scene. So what do we got? We got Freddie Prinze. We got Jack Black. We got the guy who plays... It's like the boyfriend guy, right? Fake boyfriend. So yeah, I'm wondering who she got in like a a fight. Or maybe it's the guy who played... um, The the uh, fisherman guy? Yeah, hookhand guy. Um, Really love those movies, by the (laughs) way. Uh, So good. But uh, I just wonder, like I saw that come up and I'm like... I feel like that's a bigger story that yeah, needs to be explored. Um, <laughs> and it's just kind of, kind of in there. And then, you know, again, this was, this was in 1998, or- like right before it came out. Mm-hmm. Oh, Brandy's in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is probably somebody she had some sort of action scene with, I'm guessing. Yeah. But it was definitely a man. Cause mm-hmm. she says he, so, um, Yikes. yeah, I'm interested in that. I, I was reading through that. It's just, cringy, but, um, yeah. Mm. All right. Well, time for our movie ratings. Is this movie better than I am number four? Yes. I'd say yes. Yeah. So what's the middle one? It's This is your pick. Oh, yeah. One? You get to pick the middle one, Kayla. Uh, so for me, I picked Wine Country. 
It's good, but not great. I've not seen that movie. In my opinion. Is it the Amy Poehler movie? Yeah, it's it's Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, um, Anna Gosteyer, a lot of those women who have been friends. Tina Fey has a brief area in there. A lot of those women who have been friends for you know, 20 plus years, they do the movie and it, it is funny. Uh, Paula Pell's in it. Um, mm. you know, they've either been on SNL or other stuff together and I really like it. It's funny. I do. And I do recommend it. Um, but is it life changing? No. So that's why I kind of put it in the middle of like, it's good, but not great, I guess. Okay. So how does this compare to that? that I, it's better. I think, I, but okay. again, I feel like this movie just holds so much nostalgia for me. It's, it's hard yeah. to, mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to disconnect from that for me. So there's a tidal wave of just yeah behind this movie mm-hmm. that would just carry it. So much so that like, is this movie better or worse than Jurassic Park? <laughs> uh, there are going to be times when I'd rather watch this than Jurassic Park. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. All right, well, that about does it through this podcast. What are we doing next? Are we doing Justice League? Uh, we're doing Justice League, or we're doing. Beetlejuice. All oh, right, yeah, we have another contest winner, so oh, I can put off watching the rest of Justice League for longer, perhaps. I watched like fifty minutes of that movie, and I was just like, "God!" I mean, that's a movie I'll have I'm to sorry. watch like while I'm on the exercise or something, just <laughs> so I can uh, just be doing something else productive with my time. I so I have I have no desire in watching the Snyder Cut. How long is it again? It's four, four hours. hours. It's been a while since I got the the email from my ISP saying you got you the you got the nasty gram. You didn't use your VPN. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did, but I got it for Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I wanted to be like, "Fuck, take it back! I don't want this <laughs> on my permanent record." That's hilarious. I want to be like, if you take if you take me to jail, can we just pretend it was something else? <laughs> yeah, pick a better movie. <laughs> I'll, I'll just weird porn. Just I don't care anything else, please. Yeah. Or on the other hand, some geek will go and like do a fucking uh, uh, like a GoFundMe for my legal defense, right? Sure. Yeah, you can just <laughs> join the Snyder cult. Someone who's seen some the Snyder Joker. Stand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. I was I can't remember what it was. I saw this and somebody had like captured like a it was like an Instagram screenshot where it's like somebody was just like posting about like it was like somebody they who had died or, or like some sort of like tragedy was happening in another country and like one of the comments is just restore the Snyder cut like right below it. <laughs> it's just oh like Jesus God. Christ. Dude. Oh, how embarrassing for you. Which is probably just uh, like a bot or something, but yeah. I'm sure. Have they considered just taking the Snyder cut and shoving that in the Suez Canal and see what happens? <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we will. I really wish I knew more about that situation. <laughs> it's better if you just get it all from like Twitter. So we'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks talking about probably Beetlejuice unless uh, we have to delay that. Then perhaps it'll be about the four hour Snyder cut. I promise the podcast won't be four hours for that. Uh, no. no, it'll be 15 minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Kayla. Nice to have you back. Thank you. Yep. And we'll talk to you guys to be next back week. Anytime. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.